This is episode 26 of That Time I Got Reincarnated in, in the, the Same, same world, world as an Anime Podcaster, where we explore the hard-to-clean corners of anime and manga. I'm your host, Isekai Sensei-sama, a.k.a. Brad, and I'm joined in this weeb cabal by Bento Baggins, a.k.a. Ben, Hisashibori, and Kermit D. Grog. Ahoy hoy! If it's your first time here, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the other series on our feed. We've got Heroin Addiction, where Ben and I compare notes on drama and romance manhwa, and Shonen Jumping the Gun, where Kermit makes me read the first chapter of a manga, and we make outrageous judgments based on little evidence. And we want to hear from you. You can talk to us on many different social media platforms, which you can find links to in the description and on our website, AnimePodcasterReincarnation.com. Come hang out with us on Discord, listen to our Spotify playlist, and get episodes early by supporting us on Patreon. And don't forget to rate the podcast and tell your friends. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a little detour. Tis the season. There's there's a lot of news. Oh, <laughs> tis the season later. <laughs> well, so starting in January, we're getting a new season, and there's there's a lot here. Oh yeah. Uh, so starting on the fourth, we've got a delicious in dungeon, otherwise known. As Dungeon Meshi. Uh, people might know about Is it that. Is that cooking one everybody's been excited about? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, and then we've got The Wrong Way to Use Healing Magic on the 5th. Um, this, <laughs> It's an isekai. It's an isekai. Who'd have thunk it? Where the main character gets summoned with some of his like classmates or whatever. Okay. That seems to be the new meta. And he has a... He gets a healing ability, but the healers in this world are sort of like crazy. And in the the war against the demon lord and everything, the healers like have to run out on the battlefield and rescue people. And so they, the way that they do this is they train to heal themselves while they're doing things. So they become like really strong and can like jump right into the front lines and rescue people. Interesting. Okay. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, Very medic like. Yeah, and it's got a, a big strong uh, dummy mommy. So. Okay. <laughs> you can't overcome that isekai hurdle. Dangle that cherry all you want. <laughs> I got enough of them in jump right now. Anyways, I think it's a good series. I'm uh, interested to see what the anime does. Uh, on the 6th, we've got Solo Leveling. You guys heard of that? It's another isekai. I've yeah, heard of it. Sort of. Isekai-like. It's a manhwa. Oh, okay. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, sort of like a, a dungeon kind of thing. I, d- I haven't actually read it yet. It's on oh. my plan to read list, but um, it's pretty popular. There's no better website. title for uh, a manga or a manhwa than something that evokes me watching my friend play a game <laughs> but he doesn't have two controllers so and also a little brother he's just grinding levels right now <laughs> he's not really doing any boss fights or cutscenes. so i probably made a lot of people mad i don't know what what it's about i mean i watched you play elden ring so 
But that's, ex- that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> You're not grinding an Elden Ring. Unless he was. I don't know. Do you know how many times he had to fight, um, oh, what was the oh, guy? Margit. Yeah. He was getting his ass handed to him, right? That was the first boss and the first time I was playing it. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> On subsequent tries, I did much better. Mm, yeah. No, that is true. I watched. He went back and fought him again <laughs> some other point and just blew through him. Uh, also on the sixth is uh, something we all know and love is coming back for a second season. Cool. Season or core? Uh, I don't know. Okay. It's Mashal. What's a core? <laughs> it's Mashal. I don't know because it's like if just anime was doing this, I'd say it's just a weird Japanese thing. But like American anime or Western animation has been doing it on streaming services. But also it's a lie. They're made in. They're essentially ordered as one season. But they're released in two sets with usually like a few months between the two sets. Yeah, it's generally like 12 and 12. And they call hmm. the, the second one the second the core, core. Whatever that means. As in like, Japanese. It's, it's not a different season, but well, it's, it's released. written for the first time and it looked French. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe it's from France. I'm I could believe sh- that. I'm pretty sure. Because it's a thing that's been popping up more places where it's like, this was clearly the end of this first quote unquote season on Netflix is very clear. Like, and then you get the second quote unquote season. <laughs> oh, it's like, no. oh, this was supposed to be one contiguous thing. And it just, maybe it's like yeah. to make ease production. So it's like, you got most, you got the first six done and you got most of the last six done, but we'll give you a little bit of time in between. But well, they probably don't. They're pre-planned and prepped as a set of yeah. 12. They're, so, you know, like the Wase Ego stuff. Like like light novel, like it's a. I've never it's an heard English that word. Term what, is, uh, what are you saying? Oh, uh, it's like when when the Japanese create an English word. Oh, okay, okay. Like Raito Noboru is mm. Waseigo. Um, this is like Wase French. It, it's it's a Japanese broadcasting term, but it's French for quarter. It literally oh, means quarter you're year. You're looking it up right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> live fact show, here we go a show that runs one one core runs for three months regardless of how oh, many oh quarter of the year even though they spell it c-o-u-r they use the french term french. for quarter yeah so pretentious anyway no, so Mashal is back we're all so excited for that <laughs> the french were like the first weebs um I, I we didn't finish the first season. We didn't season finish of the first season and I have no interest yeah. in speaking. Maybe I'll look at the intro. I liked I liked the manga. Yeah. It's over now. Yep. It wasn't the best thing. And frankly in the middle it wasn't really that good at all. But the end was pretty awesome. I feel like I feel like I need a space between it'll live and a hit, and I feel like that's what Mashal was. And Undead Unluck will be one day where it's like people like it, it's good, but it's like it's not quite a hit, but it's not because the grim news I, about their animes and, and is, is rough on sales figures. So it's like it's more than it'll live, but it's not a hit. Yeah, I think I think people should read Mashal. They should read the first forty chapters, skim the next until you get like five chapters I feel from like the you end. Can skim a lot, and then start paying attention again because Just in the, the in the last chapter or the second to last chapter is what I think the greatest joke in any shonen gag manga ever. And I think it's worth the time <laughs> to take to get to it. Okay. 
maybe, maybe one day. I feel like five years from now, we're going to be saying that Mashal walked so something could run. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I have about Mashal. It's like it did something. Maybe it'll be whatever we, that author does next. No, the question then no, we is, don't know what yet. What, what is dead and buried in the ground so that Mashal could walk? <laughs> Doctor Slump. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, Doctor Slump was a hit. Slump or Slump was a mega hit. That's the. It's just the weirdness of how things got released in the West. That like it's why people don't know about Dragon Ball, little and Doctor Slump, unless they're does like Doctor Slump have anime. an anime. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't ne- get I've it. Never seen that. Anyway, moving on. We still got a lot more to cover here. So uh, something for the Otome Isekai fans on the 7th. We got 7th Time Loop. The villainous enjoys a carefree life. Um, not not a manhwa, but it is a manga. It's a villainous reincarnation thing. It's pretty much what it says in the title, but I think it's a pretty good series. I, I've, I've been reading it, so something to check out. Um, on, also on the 7th, the second season of Banished from the Heroes Party, which is not an isekai, but uh, it sure sounds like one. I'm pretty sure I talked about that before. It's a it's a pretty good uh, series that I read. So, um, also on the seventh, there is an isekai which people might be interested in, Fluffy Paradise. What's that? <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea. When oh, I was, I was you said a word that made me intrigued. Now was, you're just going to leave me hanging? I was looking down the list and I was like, "Huh." And I read the description and it's like, "Oh, it's an isekai." Uh, this person gets isekai'd. They're a little girl. Oh, you do have and information in your brain. They have they are in this world where they get to like be friends with all these animals and monsters and everything and they're all fluffy and so I think it's probably one of the shovelware for this season. But it looked cute, cute at least, um, and I put it on my reading list. I don't. I'm probably not going to watch the anime, but I'll I'll check out the manga at some point. Uh, on the eighth, uh, Sukimichi Moonlight Fantasy is back. Um, I know you guys don't care about that, but I like that series, and I'm going to watch that. I watched the first season. I'm excited for it. Um, also on the eighth, the Unwanted Undead Adventure. I actually I didn't know this was getting an anime. I started reading this series what like this? four months ago, and I blew through it. Uh, the premise is that there's this adventurer, and he's like he's not great, but he's fine. Um, but he's like diving into a dungeon by himself, and he gets himself in a really bad spot and dies, but then gets resurrected, and he like becomes like a lich or something like that. But he goes back at he. he like becomes powerful because he like defeats some weird, crazy, powerful thing like accidentally. Um, and it this sounds like an isekai, even if it isn't. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's got it's got isekai tropes in it, but um, there's a lot Is of Lazarus and isekai. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, it's a I, I like it. Um, I think it's good. So I wanted to tell people about that. Uh, on the ninth. Uh, this is another one the Otome Isekai fans are looking forward to, but it is, is a manga, uh, Villainous Level 99. Um, really good, really good villainous uh, manga series. Oh, and another one for <laughs> the Otome Isekai fans on the 10th, Dr. Elise, the royal lady with a lamp. Sure. Um, that Every is, lady has those. 
one of those uh i think i have that on my plan to read list but i've never read uh read it and i've seen people talking about it as like a lot <laughs> so interesting um oh this one will get you guys okay i'm gonna in I'm, a good way <laughs> on the 12th uh-huh. the weakest tamer began a journey to pick up trash you know, we could do a whole episode where you just read isekai titles to me. We could we could play isekai and, title or not. I don't know if you should be the judge yeah. on that, the creator of this quiz, or it's something that I would make and just to see how super powerful you are. But like, I feel like I could bullshit up a bunch of things, and I could make one up and act as a joke and accidentally be right that it was and make. I a just want to try to guess what it's about. Like, it's a dis or dad. The title. Is, well, this a, is this a real guess. light novel title or a fake one? Well, guess what? You're wrong about this one. Because it's not an isekai. It's a light novel, though. Uh, It might be, but it's a manga. Is it another Shosetsuka ni Naro web novel that got picked up? I I don't know. Um, You should, because everything you've ever had me read is one of those. (laughs) (laughs) No, but not an isekai. It's literally about this little girl. She's like 10 or something like that, who lives in this village. They don't have enough resources, and so they, like throw her away um and she has a tamer skill and she tames a slime because she's not powerful and she has to like survive in the world and it's cute and also like sort of sad sometimes but also fun and nice okay i will i i i from that description i'm sorry i made fun of it for its very (laughs) late novel title that sounds like it could be something not something i'd watch but no, and the 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 title like she's literally going around picking, picking up, up trash. trash to feed to her slime. I can appreciate picking yeah. up litter. Oh, also she um, uh, she disguises herself as a boy to like go out into the world. Okay, because yeah, <laughs> it's because it's a medieval fantasy world, which just obviously means it has to have all the troubles and tropings of the actual world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's all the upcoming ones. Um, that means we have a break. We got a, a bunch of announcements. Um, so April, we're going to jump to April. Just these announcements. I don't have dates for these, but we'll just go through these real quick. Um, Re-Monster, uh, if anybody knows what that is, I am so surprised that that is getting an anime because that manga is dense as F. Like, you want to talk about, like, lit RPG this is this is like full on RPG. It's got <laughs> freaking levels and quests and all this stuff going on. And I was just You're like reading a video game. Yeah, and I it's so difficult to read. I'm not actually sure why I've I keep read reading Let's it Plays before that were screenshots <laughs> and text. So I guess it's just like that in book form. Yeah, but I was just like, I can't believe that's getting an anime. It's um, like if you if you didn't watch Critical Role, you just had like the player's handbook and the script. Yeah, and you just try to figure. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, as a reincarnated aristocrat, I'll use my appraisal skill. Did I tell you guys about that one before? Probably, but I think I did. Let's not talk yeah. about it. Let's let's not and say we didn't. Uh, Demon Slayer's coming back in April. The oh Hash- Hashira training arc. Oh boy, homework. I mean, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fine. I don't know. We've I, have we expressed our feelings on? We did. We yeah. we had to have. Yeah. Uh, Mashoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, is also back in April. This one confused me. This was a core thing. So it's Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation 2, TV 4. 
So what? It's the second core of the second season. What's the four for? Wouldn't that be the fourth? Because season? it's the fourth airing. Because there were oh, two there are four, cores. There's two seasons each then, with two cores. Right. So this is the fourth core. Four quarters. Yeah. Uh, sure. And I, I was like, brain's gonna start what? leaking out of my ears. What does this mean? <laughs> Two, four. This number, de- this number devilry. Speaking of numbers, uh, they're just trying to make Crunchyroll unusable with that stuff. Yeah, it's already right. unusable. Because <laughs> then you'll have the Brazilian dub. Brazilian dub is season they, thirty-seven. Yeah. Well, they have gotten better. <laughs> they're they're putting all the the different. Um, dubs and and subs in the same thing and you actually switch between in the same them. world yeah yeah um so speaking of numbers also in april kaiju number eight i'm still so surprised kaiju how does kaiju number eight have a manga or an anime and sakamoto days continues to yeah. not yeah grind my axe another one i think i told you guys about this one as well i was reincarnated as the seventh prince Sounds familiar. Yeah, so that's coming out in April. Um, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. The next season's coming out in April. I'll tell you what. You I'll know, tell you a- what, them slimes. April's going to be good for me. I mean, it's my birthday, <laughs> too, so. Eating good. I'm glad that we'll have a break from other major series we've been watching to <laughs> go catch up on things and watch that weird coolly animated beastman when we watched for five minutes and i i was completely infatuated with the wolfman i'm like we're coming back to this uh and last in april that i saw this one on here and i was like what the heck is this quality assurance in another world oh yeah it though what is that okay i'm intrigued i'm intrigued so i from what i gathered from reading the summary on anime news and also on uh manga decks the it's it's a it's set in a VR MMO kind of thing, but I guess the the person that's like sort of the main focus is a QA tester for it. But then like there's actual things happening, and there it might be the NPCs might be alive or some stuff like that. I think what I'm imagining in my head is more interesting and compelling than what it probably might is. be. I was going to say, because like like most great... of the times when you describe these, I think about it in my head and then I watch and I go, oh, okay, I guess that's what he said was true, but also not what I expected. <laughs> in a bad I was going to say, a great comedy skit would be like Quality Assurance in Another World, where it's just Brad is the isekai quality assurance engineer. And oh. He just lets everything through. <laughs> and it's always his boss coming to tell him like okay but this one it's just about a guy who's who's reincarnated as like you know, a space butt the nicholas cage college humor skit yeah it's pretty good isn't it <laughs> i was i was going to pat that he just they just break the world and the classic a qa tester orders one beer a cure uh, orders uh two beers orders zero beers orders 99 beers orders negative one beer <laughs> orders a cat <laughs> orders e <laughs> Well, I put it on my plan to read list, so we'll see. Yeah, report back. Yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more. We're almost done. Oh, my done. gosh. We got to put this in the middle. This is too long. May 5th, My Hero is back. That's homework. In July, Tower of God, season two. That's avoided. I thought that already happened. No, no. They made a second one. They, <laughs> they forgot anna- English. So. They announced it. They forgot how to count from this tower. Uh, and in October, because we're just... 
I don't know why we announced stuff so early, but Dragon Ball Daima is in October. What is Daima? I I don't know. It, Goku's a kid I again. I, I was oh, like, is oh, that what them? are we doing here? I don't remember. I think I remember <laughs> the, seeing that trailer and being really excited for like, what's going to follow up from Superhero? And then I saw that and I'm like, mm. yeah. I would take a nicely redone version of OG Dragon Ball. As someone who yeah, really watched that, I would rather have watch that. that. Like, even if they I, use the weird CG stuff, to let people know how dope TN is. Like, I'm now on that bandwagon. I kind of always <laughs> was, but now I actually have like evidence to back up that he's always been dope. And they just kind of whatever. Yeah. Oh, Are we going to talk about? <laughs> oh, I know what this is. I don't think this is canon. That's even worse. <laughs> what Dragon Ball Daimo? Uh, maybe it is. Dragon know. Ball Daimo. It's Daimyo. It's when they go back to samurai times, or they go forward to samurai, or they go to through realities to go to samurai times. I don't know. This will be interesting. Fans who are already angry at Toriyama over Dragon <laughs> <laughs> is the first article. Uh, okay. The people like uh, it. We're no, still gonna but, like it. The people have doubts about him. We're still gonna have the same doubts about. Did him. um, did we already talk on another episode about the One Piece remake? We thing? didn't. No, that news hadn't come yes. out yet. Uh, but that's they didn't announce any kind of time frame on that yet. Yeah. But yes, they are. Mostly, it's just people being worried about the, AI stuff right now about it, the, which is the best. The best <laughs> I've seen a, so f- a feeling of it when we recorded this. Yeah. The best I've seen so far is the One Piece is real. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dragon or One Piece Nakama is a joke off Brotherhood that I've yeah. been making everywhere and nobody's been mm. paying attention yeah. to me and I've been very sad. That works. Uh, and last, last. This is the last one. It's the last one. This is the last one. It's the last one in October. In October, and also on the list, uh, Don to Don. I don't really know anything about Woo! Don to Don. I just know the names. <laughs> Man, Don is, to Don is it still going? Yeah, I'm off of it because okay. I can't read it on the app, and I don't like Wait, going I to it the was website. Over. Is it? I thought it was. That's dude, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know anything about it, so it's not over. It's hey, do you have teenage super uh, natural stuff fatigue? Not anymore. Don to Don, it's fucking good. <laughs> it's fudging good. Okay. Well, that's all of that stuff. Oh my gosh, we need to do news later. I'm so tired. We haven't even done anything. It's Good almost job, like guys. you brought me an entire b- basket, an entire sack of gifts. Yeah, that's like the whole year worth of stuff. I'm, yeah. Anyways, we're going to talk about other stuff now, but we're going to talk about what we actually are supposed to if talk about. Anybody is still listening to this segment? Um, Put in a timestamp how to get through all that for our patrons. I'm going to start doing hangout streams soon, so make sure you get on the Discord. Oh, shoot. And uh, I'm going to be figuring that out in the next two weeks. So You can talk to us in real time, maybe. Oh, talk- somebody's talking to us right now. <laughs> if you just say MTL in the Discord, I will come running to yell at yeah, you. Yeah, right. <laughs> So uh, I I think a lot of people are going to be listening to this on Christmas Day. So I don't. <laughs> I might. Maybe this is what I listen to when I drive my parents' place. <laughs> no, see, this will be good when people are like with their relatives who they can't stand. They can they can put on this podcast and 
and just hang out with us for you know two hours however long yeah. yeah it'll be it'll be nice or they can put us on like on the stereo at their parents' house oh, and share with everybody. Hey, I hey the, hey, we're we're going to be talking about we're having Kermit's facts about Japanese Christmas KFC, <laughs> uh, which will be important later, um, because much like Ben sharing information about scary monsters for Halloween, I thought I would do some research into Japanese Christmas and we'd we'd talk and discuss in the way that culture spreads throughout the world like yeah. a giant capitalist slime. It's really interesting because the, we we started having these con- conversations on the side, basically, about like why do the why do Japanese people celebrate Christmas? Because they're like really into Christmas, but they're not Christian. No, because it's not. It's not about a running theme through this. This is a thing I want to I want to maintain through all that is. This is capitalist Christmas. This yeah. is cap. This is this is what American Christmas. Wishes it could be if it could just remove Jace, baby JC from the equation entirely because he's not present here. He's been replaced by another man yeah. who we'll get to later, who's already been foreshadowed from my acronym. So I've been, um, like, the, all of the information I have about Japanese Christmas comes from manga and anime, where it's just like once a season or, you know, whenever it happens, there's two or three chapters where. It's Christmas time, and they're gonna do a thing. They're gonna exchange presents, and well, let me let me uh, let me fill you in. We'll we'll go through it, and we'll we'll discuss as I go through it. Okay. So Christmas, as we know it, originally as a as a religious holiday, Christ Christmas, um, actually dates back further than you'd think in Japan, um, because Christianity was allowed back in the 1500s when missionaries came over and the borders started opening up a little bit, and there are actual records of like proper Christmas mass being celebrated in Japan. So technically. Japan has had some form of Christmas for like 500 years. Interesting. Um, but also, um, I, what I wanted to make a point of, like, literally, they, they there's a record of a mass being celebrated in the capital of Kyoto. So, like, it's present. People are aware of it. Uh, and then the government banned the heck out of Christianity in the Edo period, 1614. So it's got a fairly good, good run. But yeah, so God was the biggest Grinch of them all. Yes, <laughs> I hate Christmas. He's You're the biggest Scrooge of them one. all. Tokugawa. <laughs> I wouldn't touch you with a thirty-nine and a half foot Naginata. Terrible. Um, oh. I was. I started that line. I'm like, you better think of something in here. You can't just say pole. Um. So, but this is, uh, I want to do that as our starting point that, like, I think that's why Christmas comes back, but it's, Mm. like, Christmas has to go underground as a religious thing. All religion has to go underground in Japan then, um, especially Christianity. So, I thought it was interesting that it was around. Um, And then, years later, in the 19th century, uh, the ban has been lifted, but this is pre-World War II, because I really thought it's just like, oh, all the GIs come over and bring Christmas with them. Um, that's what I expected. That's what I expected too. That's why I wanted to. I wanted to bring this up. Um, this is kicked off, and you're going to hear this a lot with my facts. A store putting up a big Christmas tree in Tokyo. Stores are the makers and the shakers when it comes to mm. Japanese Christmas traditions. That's why I said this is like ultra capitalism. Money, gift, gift, money. Do the things, spend the money. Christmas. But important to note that they were getting into that sort of Western form of capitalism. Before World War II. Well, yeah, because they're modernizing. This yeah. will also come up later, but like you have to remember that 
they there's the point where they open their borders and they're like, oh crap, we're super behind. Don't we need have to modernize and like a bunch of Europe like they go out into the world, including, you know, Europe and America to get information. So they're also osmosising that. Like this is the time period I talk about that I want to know the most about Japan and Japan doesn't like talking about, <laughs> but I just find it so fascinating endlessly. This is like Russo Japanese war time. You know, where they're like, I didn't know Japan was big buds with the Brits. It's because it's like, what? Uh, the Japan's a part of the Allies when it's World War One, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. If you can call them the Allies, but. Whatever the, the quote unquote. The, I say good guys. Whoever the Americans join <laughs> the them later. Guys. Our side, yeah. Our side. Well, we, it was I our side. We, we joined the other, that side. It wasn't ours. We didn't start it. We didn't start it either time when I think about it. Um, but I think we, because we don't see that time, don't see. All the like, there's a lot of European influence pre-America getting there as the GIs that are landing post World War II. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I don't know if you're getting to it, but um, Japan also has a huge gift-giving culture, uh, which yeah. the stores can easily sort of like f- f- slot into. Like, here's another excuse to do gift-giving. Okay, that makes sense from some things we will get future in the what I'll get to right. later in my notes. Cause there's a, a whole thing about like, you know, somebody moves into your neighborhood, you give them a gift, they give you a gift back. Uh, you go and visit somebody's house, you bring them a gift. Um, you know, someone comes over to your house, you expect them to bring you a gift and you might give them something in return. Like it's just back and forth all Very the time. Very materialistic. Well, yeah. I say, but like we have that. We're material. Like no, that's always, there's like, always the, the thing of like America is very materialistic and capitalist, but that it's so even more ingrained than over here. You say that, but there's a whole thing about the fact that like people give other people just useless crap just because it's expected. I hate that. Yeah. That's why I actively <laughs> yeah. am bad at gift giving because it's like I don't want crap, so I don't give people crap unless I go either A, this person asked for it, or B, like this is a very meaningful thing that I have found that is clear to both of our experience together or something I have made. Like, I like I it. Hate, I hate gift giving for the sake of it and not because uh, yeah, there's I, something meaningful going on. I like it from the standpoint of like they, they give each other like fruits and vegetables and baked goods and stuff like that back and forth. That sort of feels... Like how you should do it, neighborly almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, it, I think I think it starts like that. Like you give somebody a gift when you visit them because you're staying with them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a nice. Yeah, it's a way to repay. But yeah, I continually come back to the hardcore history quote that may or may not be racist. Of the Japanese are like us, but more so. But I continually, <laughs> continually rings in my ear every time we do episodes like this. I, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, the, uh, like I said of when, when that Christmas tree got put up, but the first, the record of the first Christmas tree, speaking of my, the Europeans are coming in, uh, the first one with Jan, uh, Japan was decorated in 1860 by the Earl of Eulenburg from Prussia before it had become Germany, uh, in the embassy where he was stationed. 1860 again oh, this in is the, the embassy. time okay okay so like i don't know if that counts no but like this is like that's how these things start the europeans that are based there as diplomatic things start bringing their culture because it's like i'm abroad but it's christmas time mm-hmm. i'm gonna get this tree which maybe does not grow naturally in japan or something to celebrate this holiday that's important to me they have they have They've got pines, pines probably, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have conifers. I don't know if they, they have something. Right. It might not be the same as the, whatever this Close guy's got in enough. Russia. But it's that idea. It's less that it's like, look how early Japan was celebrating Christmas, yeah. and it's just like this is how these things 
start coming in is somebody goes, I'm, we will get to that very shortly about expats being homesick <laughs> and bringing, wanting something that they can't get at quite a lot. Um, do you have a date for the first, like, non-foreign person putting up a Christmas tree? No, that was not a part of the article I was reading, sadly. Come on, Japanese people, keep better records. Well, I don't know how much the tree is important to them. I didn't, actually, speaking of which, yeah, I didn't, a lot of what I saw, the tree, like, there are trees, but there wasn't a lot of, like, oh, and the family gets the tree, because it's not like, Japan doesn't have land for tree farms you know, like that's we a do. Good point. Like, when I think about, like, all of the, the manga and anime and stuff that I know this from, nobody ever has a Christmas tree in their house. There's Christmas trees yes. out at the shops, out in the square or whatever, and they're always big and decorated, but nobody has one in their own home. It's like... Because where are you cutting it? Like, I guess you could have a fake one as that comes in more, but it's like, where are you going to go to cut down a tree? Yeah. Where in Japan do you go to go to a tree farm that has enough land? Hokkaido. <laughs> well, you're also talking about a culture where a lot of people like roll up the futon and put it in the closet to have space. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, there is drop no a tree room. in the middle. Yeah. You got to yeah. roll out the tree then from where the futon stored is stored during the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of this comes from Japan opening up to modernize. They saw other nations doing this and they go, oh, we have to do this too. Um, Christmas, democracy. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Automation. Fun stuff. Um, Automatic, democratic Christmas. Christmas capitalist Christmas. Um, so what makes Christmas, um, besides the little like odds and ends of um, Japanese Christmas, the one that I say that I think makes it the most different than our Christmas is, I would say in America and the West, Christmas is a time for families. Uh, and Christmas in Japan is not really about families. Mm -hmm. Christmas in Japan is about your date or your significant other. Or your friends. Sometimes, but not as much. But it's not about, like, your parents or your siblings or yeah. your relatives. That's New Year's, which we'll probably get into a little bit later. Um, following up with that, Christmas Eve is more like their Valentine's Day because it is about couples. Like, if you don't go out, um, I found the phrase you are... Curry uh, bochi or Christmas alone, like there is a title for <laughs> when you are when you are single on Christmas, mm. which I I'm a curry bochi. I think I've heard that word before, but like it sounds familiar, but I it's, I can't remember what. Because curry curry sumas, it comes from that. Mm. Like I, I made sure to look that up, and that wasn't just me guessing your words. There's going to be some more fun. Ben, we were trying to think of the word for this. What is it when it's like the the English word is translate not translated, but it's like written in the katakana or something, so it turns into like Christmas becomes kurisumasu. Is there a word for that, that to capture oh, a, a, a string of words to capture that concept? I don't know because I I don't think they realize how distorted some words get sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. It's set up in order to make you sound racist. Yeah, it's like you have to say the word, but say it like I mean that's why it's like I've what little I've learned of Japanese. It's like oh I'll just Japaneseify right. this English word and maybe they'll understand it, but I have to break it down into like here are the phonemes they use, and hope I'm guessing correctly. Um, but we got a good one coming for that later. Um, but to my earlier point, that Christmas Eve is like their Valentine's Day, where it's like couples get together, they have to like book their dinners weeks in advance, like it's really important they go out and do this. Uh, I wanted to look into Japanese Valentine's Day because uh, amongst the things they took from us um, culturally, Valentine's Day was one of those things. Um, but it is also somewhat different in Japan. Uh, in hey, Valentine's Day, what? Valentine's Day uh, is the day when the girls and yes. women 
give chocolate to the boys. They're important men in their life, not yeah. necessarily just their boyfriend or husband. At least that was oh, what right. I had read, which I found also interesting. Because there's also friend chocolate, and you have to be clear: are you getting a friend chocolate or are you getting uh, a lover oh, I chocolate? Forget. Which one? Which one's Geary Choco, and which which one's the other one? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I'm sh- I could have, but I did not write those down. But, but you, you were already talking about like. Valentine's Day, it's not about the flowers, it's not about the hearts. Number one with a bullet, it's the chocolate. Yeah. But we can't forget because Valentine's Day, you know, well, what are the guys supposed to do? Well, they don't do anything on Valentine's Day because there's a different day. Yep. In March, it's called White Day. And it's the day when the guys have to give back to the girls who it's, gave it's the them. the day that all the men talk about white <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> No, no, no. But it's no, important no. that everybody knows about those two because those are also these gift-giving Gift-giving. Wait, but there's there's another thing we haven't put in there yet. That's another recurring thing I've already talked about. The This idea of giving chocolate on there is a, a custom, supposedly from a confectionery ad from the 1930s aimed oh, at foreigners great. living in Japan. <laughs> it always comes back to stores. The stores put up the Christmas trees. The stores put out the ads. They make. They are the trendsetters. Store buy, buy, buy. Japan is like the poster child for Hallmark holidays. It's a post-war economic miracle. Except, but it's before that happened. They yeah. were already doing this. I mean, we probably a, have that stuff too. It's a pre-war we do. economic ad. Um, what freaking isn't Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer an ad? Isn't he not real? I mean, obviously he's not real, but like oh. he's not from like lore. Yeah, he's just old enough that we weren't a al- like. None of us were alive for decades before he was invented. Right. So he just feels like well, he's a part of the tapestry in the I way that like that. someday, decades from now, some little kids are going to think Elf was just always a part of Christmas tapestry. And it's like, it no, was. it came later. Will Ferrell's been alive forever. Yeah. <laughs> God, no. Um, I did want to say at my, my ending thing of Valentine's Day, uh, I did say no hearts, but that was a lie. The confectioners make heart-shaped chocolate that women give as a gift to express their kokuhaku or expressing their feelings which wasn't a really socially acceptable thing back then in Japan. So that's why it's like the girls get to do it because they're usually not allowed mm-hmm. to express their love. So it's this the is their way day. to to actively say, <laughs> it's not like I like you like that, Babaka, except that you're allowed to have feelings that's on why that's one the, day. I wonder if that's why the Sundari <laughs> thing is a thing where they can't actually, like it's, oh, ta- yeah. it's taboo to express their feelings. So it's like, I feel weird about you. So I'm going to hate on you yeah. because I literally, it's taboo to do otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Japanese it's also Valentine's that's Day. where the thing that I was talking about in the Discord that I spoilered that is not safe for work. That's where that comes from too. Somebody's peeling out of Ben's place. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. There's like one of those, one or two of those a night. Um, but yes, continuing our Christmas tour, uh, a small factoid before we get into the Christmas cake. Is that uh, Christmas? There is not a national holiday. Even, we have it here. They even don't though they all. like all do it, they all Christmas. It's big Christmas, but some of like sometimes it gets lumped in with the time they have off for New Year's. Like that's like yeah. New Year's is New Year's is their Christmas. Their Christmas is our Valentine's Day, and their Valentine's Day is I don't think is our Sadie Hawkins dance. You know, it's interesting because you know Japan is obviously known for like its workaholic culture. Where it's like you got to be in the office for fourteen hours a day, and you know, unless Dragon Quest kind of comes out. Um, but they actually have a lot of holidays where you get multiple days off. Um, a big one that I always see is Golden Week, where it's like, and I think that's either in the late spring or summer or something like that. That sounds about right. And 
everybody gets like the whole week off. I feel like well, I've I say celebra- everybody, but I feel like I've celebrated that workers. Persona game before. So. But they have like mandatory. I forget how many weeks. It's at least like six weeks of vacation or something. But yeah, they never take. But you it. better not take it. Yeah, you will be dishonored <laughs> if you take it. <laughs> So yeah, but as I as I alluded to moments ago, the Christmas cake or the kurisumasu keiki. 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 I did not know the I, waka, yeah, waka. I just yeah. <laughs> I when I was googling this, I I I tried to I put in like cake in Japan like trying to get the thing and it's just like <laughs> here's how you say cake in Japanese and I'm like I went hit the button so Google says keiki and it did and I was like, yeah, keiki. <laughs> keiki. Um <laughs> So looking into it, this was another um, tradition of theirs gleaned from Europe because Europe already has Christmas cakes. Um, and also some are like America, we have the fruit cake, which I feel like is more infamous than a tradition necessarily. Let, okay, let me let's get this out of the way. Actual fresh baked fruit cake does taste good. Yes, I believe just, you. Just so it's everybody's just, I aware. Think it's, a run, it's a running bit. <laughs> For whatever reason, like the tradition part, I feel like nobody is a gets bit it now. fresh. It's always like old and hard and awful, that's and I don't understand. No, I don't believe. I you. think this that's just old one and of just Brad's contrarian stances. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> um, I'm always right about food, <laughs> but they they do not do a fruit cake though. Their fruit their cake usually has a fruit on it. Uh, it is very classically a sponge cake decorated with strawberries and whipped cream. A oh, strawberry is that fruit a- cake. Is that a Christmas cake? That is their. That is the. I from what my research was, that is their idealized Christmas cake, which is interesting because I've seen that pop up in a lot of Japanese not media associated it's, with Christmas. It's the cake that you bake in Paper Mario as Princess yeah. Peach. You bake the Christmas strawberry yep. cake, and they always like, cut that is it. their idealized cake. They cut it, and it's a, like a perfect triangle, and yeah. it has the perfect cross sections yep. of three strawberries along it and, and the you're perfect like, little whip there's no on top way of a single strawberry it's you perfect you can't cut it that perfectly that's not how strawberries work <laughs> but yeah literally sold They're especially like... bred japanese strawberries oh. <laughs> that are weak to the blade <laughs> <laughs> no it's that uh it's that uh excellent nippon steel it's fruit ninja it's just yeah. we we just bred all of our fruit to be cut so easily to make our swords look cooler <laughs> i don't actually believe that just to be clear but that's a really funny thought to have <laughs> The government genetically modified the fruit, and our, our produce would be easier to cut to make our military look cooler Everybody's when they cut scared things. Of the Japanese swords, because look how easily it slices a fruit. Very, it but the only to blade. They're they're very time. resilient to bruising, but when it comes to blades, they just they cut like a hot knife through butter. And that's the secret joke at the end of Mashal that Brad was alluding to. <laughs> it was fruit engineering the whole time. <laughs> When it comes to fruit, they can't be beat. <laughs> um, but to get kind of serious for a little bit, because I was like, where did this come mm. from? Like, I know other places have cake, but why did it get instilled so hard in Japan where it's like, when you Google Japan Christmas, you're going to get told about cake. Um, and from what I could understand is that this actually comes a lot from post-World War II Japan. So it's destroyed. Food is hard to come by, especially sweets. But you have the American occupation showing up, bringing chocolate. The GIs have chocolate with them. They give it out. This I feel like I've seen this in many World War II things. It's still like, oh, it's the kids. These people are starving. You give them the chocolate ration. 
because you're just some random GI. You're not like the actual governing body. So sweets become the sign of success and prosperity because it's like, hey, we can't really do this right now. We're barely feeding ourselves, let alone having things that are like decadence. So at least from, like I said, what I had read was that then when Japan bounces back and the post-war economic miracle happens, they can finally get all the ingredients to make cake, including strawberries. So then that cake becomes a sign of prosperity. That's like, we are doing well. This is the time of year, I guess you do that. So we all have cake to show that like, we're doing well. We have prosperity here where we did not before. And it becomes that kind of symbol, which admittedly I only found in one place, but like it matched up with everything else that I understood. And it made a lot of sense because it's like, that's right. They didn't have a lot of money. And I was like curious what they're like cake making things. And I think as we know from our own like freaking Japanese snack boxes, like how many European cakes they have. Like Japan just loves cakes and sweets. I mean, again, everybody does. But like, it's just interesting that it's like that also the strawberry one is like the idealized does Japan naturally grow strawberries? Is that like an imported thing? I'm sure they can. I, they do. They they definitely have domestic strawberries now. Oh no! But that's but what I'm saying. I, Did I they before? Know native. I I know that they have strawberry. Well, yeah. Are this they is native? Now. That's the question. There is um, I saw a YouTube video. This guy visited a strawberry farm. This is one of the places where they grow fifty dollars strawberries. Oh my! A coworker told me about that. He said like four hundred dollar. Yeah. Well, so it's like a broad in Japan video. I could might not have imagine a it, it strawberry like, worth more than. Yeah, he's like yeah. one strawberry. Now, granted, they're huge, but it's one strawberry. It's like fifty dollars, and it's like perfectly ripe, super big and juicy, and amazing, and it's fifty dollars. <laughs> it's it. like, well, Pro- sign of prosperity, brother. He didn't have to pay for it, so it was worth it for him. <laughs> Once a year at Christmas, I'll eat a $50 strawberry. <laughs> a sign? Yeah, no, Ben, that, is your, that can be our tradition as a sign of prosperity. Yeah. I was tempted to make yeah. this cake, and then I'm like, A, I don't have time, and B, I don't like strawberries that much, and C, this looks too but complicated it, to make a strawberry shortcake. So maybe it next does time. sound like a, like a textbook marketing campaign, though, of like this thing that is relatively cheap to make is high class. Yeah, cause make, a ca- make a vanilla cake. Put some nice big cream pats on the top. Strawberries on that. Done. Um, and then if you can convince people it's high class, like lobster or something. Yeah. Like, uh, this is one where the, like the history, like I went searching because I was really curious about like where is the actual like there's got to be some specific point of like what like even like my last factoid on this one was like everywhere I went had different reasons why it is white and red. Mm-hmm. There was one that I saw that I liked. It's like, it's the colors of the Japanese flag. And the other ones were like, it's the color of snow and Santa. And I'm like, it could be either of these. <laughs> one of these is a lot more like actual, like national, like not folklore, but like more like, oh, that makes sense of this country that's rebuilding that they wouldn't have some level of like pride in their country. And the other one's like very capitalist which both are very japanese concepts to my knowledge so it's like i don't know it's the color of uh the the pure white robes that japanese wear when they commit ritual suicide oh my gosh that's something i'd say oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) bloody samurai cake good lord brad why are you saying things that i terrible things i would say (laughs) but yeah like i could not 
despite all my digging, I couldn't zero in on where the cake thing came from. And some of it, like, again, a lot of these are, because this is not a Japanese holiday, are on loan from America and European nations that, you know, there was the occupation, but there was also the just, like, they opened their doors and modernized through those countries. Mm. So those things are going to come through it. In fairness to Japan, I also have no idea where the birthday cake came from. You mean like just all birthday cakes? In general, cakes? yeah, the concept of cake on that day. It must be cake. I mean, that was... Can't the, be a pie. Cake is for it's special occasions. Cake is the, it's the, the... I mean, that was why I, the, one of the articles talking about the Japanese Christmas cake also just talked about a birthday cake as a sign of prosperity that you could make a cake. Just a reminder... That we're all adults, we can just go to the store and buy cake. But you couldn't it. always do that. These <laughs> these traditions come from times where you didn't just go to the store and get stuff. No, but I'm just saying, just in case they you just forgot, continue. You can do. You can just do that. I could bake a cake tomorrow. I might. I'm not going to. I don't like making cake. <clears> That's how successful we are. As I don't even adults. have to make a cake. I could go buy one. You can go to the store and buy a piece of cake. It's amazing. I could buy a cake with my face on it you if know, I so wanted. I hate capitalism, but sometimes it gets it right. <laughs> sometimes you just want to eat a cake with your own face on it. Couldn't do that in China. Speaking of capitalism, and speaking of my Kermit facts about Japanese Christmas, this KFC, KFC chicken for Christmas in Japan, the thing yeah. that you probably know along with the cake is being a major weird thing about Japanese I, Christmas. I actually wonder how many people know about this. So we should probably give everybody a background because I'm sure everybody knows that the Japanese oh, yeah. celebrate Christmas. I got notes. But there's this super weird thing where everybody, and I say everybody, it's not everybody. but It's like, a lot. I'm going to name a number. It sells it's a out. a huge thing it, that you get KFC on Christmas. You have to order it like months in advance to get on the list because they can only make so much at each store. So you ha it's there's a list you got to get on, or you got to wait in a really, 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 really long line. Is what I saw. The number I saw in a couple spots, but they could all be imprisoned from the same bad notes. But it seemed impressive to me. An estimated 3.6 million Japanese families get KFC at their holiday meal. It makes up one third of KFC Japan's yearly sales. I mean, to be fair. Three million is not that much <laughs> in terms of all of Japan. There's that's not three million. That's not three point six million people. That's three point six million families. Okay. So twelve million people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. You want to I mean, feed twelve million people, a, Brad? A fast food meal, yeah. Yeah. How many people live in Tokyo? I don't know, but a lot there of green chicken on I think Christmas. It's, I think it's like thirty million. <laughs> well, I was going to say the current Japanese population is one hundred and twenty-five point seven million as mm -hmm. of twenty twenty-one. So that's not, I mean, yeah, it's not even a percentage, but still, like, that many, I mean, how much chicken is that, though? Like, in pounds? It's a lot of chicken. I will, I mean, it's still weird. That's significantly more than KFC in America sells, especially on Christmas when they're closed. Um, I was tempted to get KFC before today, but I didn't want to eat something <laughs> that greasy before having to sit down and record something where I had to speak eloquently at length. Yeah. Do we even have a KFC around here anymore? I don't know. There's one that I get on my way home from work, and I thought about that one, but that wouldn't have been good for today. I mean, I have a KFC. There's yeah, a KFC yeah. Long John Silver's down by the outlets. That might be where we have to go. We have to go next year. We got to yeah. go. We got. I got to bake a strawberry cake, and we got to go get the family bucket. <laughs> so, from what I could find of the origins of this, 
So back in 1970, in 1970, um, the KFC opened their first store in Japan. Uh, and the manager there, the main guy there, Japanese man, um, I didn't put his name down because I didn't care enough to do that, I guess. Whatever. Ken Nakamura. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> um, supposedly, he had a dream about a party barrel sold on Christmas, and that this idea also came from hearing, like, the expats and just people who are living in Japan, foreigners living in Japan, wanting to, it's Christmas time, and wanting to have Christmas turkey, but, like, turkey at that point in Japan was hard to come by. Again, importing things, 1970s. Just let me, like, to be clear, you said barrel? Barrel. I saw one article, most, one particle, article said bucket, which is what it's called now, but I liked barrel more, because that felt like more how you would see something in a dream if you had... If you didn't have a concept for that thing existing, I, I mean, a not bar- literally a barrel. A barrel of like chicken, concept. of fried chicken, is how I would like to eat it. <laughs> but like, I'd always, I thought it was interesting that it was specifically like, because it was like the story that I heard in a bunch of spots was it's like, oh, a bunch of foreigners living in Japan, they're homesick for the holidays, they want to eat turkey, but specifically thinking about it, it's like, it's not really turkeys in Japan. So you can't have that. I don't even know how much chicken there necessarily. I guess there's enough for KFC to have it. But like that being the cornerstone of why that became this American company was there to fill the gap of this homesickness and nostalgia in this weird fried form. Um, and this th- this was then launched with a huge marketing campaign. Again, marketing, stores, capitalism creates cash and traditions in places okay wish me luck kurisumasu niwa kentucky or kentucky for christmas is that really just kentucky k-e-n-t-a-k-k-i-i kurisumasu niwa kentucky i thought it was gonna be worse (laughs) i'm a little disappointed (laughs) <laughs> that sounds too much like Kentucky. Do you want yeah. me to be racist for a moment and attempt to butcher it? Uh, ben, you do it. Well, it? no, he'll do what it right. No, that's, I mean, he'll sound more like... Kentucky. I just, I always go that route. <laughs> How is it good. spelled? He'll say it right. K-E-N-T-A-K-K-I-I. I made sure to type it down really specifically. Kentucky. Yeah, see? That's not bad. <laughs> Again, it's the it's the classic just say the English word Kentucky. Sounding pretending like you said Well no, that's what I'm I I don't think it sounds It's not racist enough, Brad. It's not racist (laughs) enough for you, the way they speak. Not compared to all the other ones. Like Kurisumasu? Yeah, that's that's fun to say. Say it. That sounds right. Say it. Kurisumasu. Kurisumasu. It's fun. It's like a it's like a slide. It rolls off the tongue. Kurisumasu. Kurisumasu. I'm gonna stop before I get terrible. Um but yeah, uh that big the Kentucky for Christmas happened and the rest is history, and it's still uh, a major moneymaker over there for KFC. But it's interesting that it's just like that's one that feels again, that one's like 60 to 70 percent capitalism instead of like 100 percent capitalism because it was it was born of a it was born of a cultural need of people who weren't from japan wanted this but it's interesting that it's spread to the japanese well, that's, because like foreigners are cool they that's wanna, what i want to get their records i don't get how it's got as out of control as it is now 
Do you think it's like a like it's a foreigners are cool thing and they want this so we want this? I mean, there's a part of it where fried chicken is great. It I is mean, though. The the Japanese eat a lot of fried chicken that's not KFC. And so it could just be have just grown organically from the fact that they like fried chicken so much and this happened to be one that they could just, you know, get a whole bunch of. But why for yeah, the whole why family. did it stick and why was it Christmas? Yeah. That's like I mean, like, what? You've probably seen the pictures, both you people I'm recording with and you listening to this, of, like, the they have their colonel, the KFC colonel statues decorated as Santa Claus during Christmas time. Mm. And, like, he looks kind of Santa-y. I'm not yeah. going to... I'm going I'm to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'll give you an alternate example real quick. I have a friend from Mexico who thought it was the dumbest thing he had ever seen how excited Americans get about Cinco de Mayo. Okay. I mean, I agree. He's, he has no idea why you're <laughs> celebrating Mexican independence by getting completely drunk on tequila. Yeah, I mean, especially do they because celebrate, <laughs> did, does, does he do they do they celebrate it all in Mexico with this level of fervor? Is like is is Cinco de Mayo our Japanese Christmas? Kind of. Well, because it he is was very like, commercial not, for it, us. He was like, it has nothing to do with America. Like, yeah, he doesn't understand why anybody outside of Mexico celebrates Mexican independence. So we because, gotta celebrate Cinco de Cuatro. Because the we're the most independent, <laughs> and we gotta celebrate all independence. Remember we, we also have that a history land from of Mexico. Like, yeah. we killed all those Mexicans <laughs> to take their land. Also, we just like getting hey, drunk. Yeah, but that's what it is. I mean, right? also, like, I mean, like see also St. Patty's so. Day. Yeah, we want reasons to get <laughs> drunk, but with specific nationalities involved. Yeah. I'm surprised Japanese we don't have reasons to give gifts and eat fried chicken. Yeah, that's... we just want we just want cultural drinking. I mean, to be fair, we drink eggnog at Christmas. Yeah, and I guess Thanksgiving too. We need a Japanese holiday in America. Hot cider, drinking sake, and getting drunk and being Japanese for some reason. I'm sure it'd be very culturally sensitively was, handled there, by people there was a period of time there until it was in like every grocery store where sushi was kind of a a fancy food mm-hmm. yeah it goes like, it goes both culture. ways that it's like, i liked sushi before it was in all the grocery that stores. japan thinks foreigners are cool and that we think japanese people and certain foreigners are cool over here because it's like oh exotic like there's a certain yeah. amount of like they're the trendsetters so i think it's born of I think it's born a little bit of that because it's like the well, this is AMS at expats. How is it spreading to three point six million families? Do you think right now there's a, a a small group of Japanese men that are sitting around recording a podcast about Christmas in America? If they are, I was about to say I'd love to hear it, but then I remembered they're Japanese, so they're speaking yeah. Japanese, and I wouldn't be able to understand <laughs> what they were talking about. But I would love for somebody to localize that podcast for me. They can probably I, understand us. I mean, I did listen to a number of podcasts of English-speaking people in Japan, in Japan talking about Japanese Christmas. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I would love to see, like, in that weird what they think of American Christmas. If or we haven't already holidays. offended them. <laughs> I want to know about Japanese Arbor Day. <laughs> um, okay, that's that's the KFC. That's my Kermit's uh, facts about Christmas in Japan. I mean, I have more. That was just the joke. You, you know what I want from Japan? I yeah. want those summer festivals. Ooh, yeah. I want that summer Matsuri. 
I don't know what it's called. Where they wear the yukatas and they're just out there. Yeah. And there's fireworks at the end. Everybody sets up like little tent stands to yeah. sell food. You can walk. Around. Yeah, I want. I that. mean, we have. And you have that. to catch goldfish it's just, it's with called, a little paper. It's called net. the time of the year when Fourth of July happens, and there's all those like company like field day picnic uh, yeah. uh, carnivals that pop up. Yeah, there's carnivals. Like the York. There's... Like you're describing the York. Um, what's it called? I want Main Street shut down and like a bunch of stands pop up and you just walk down and it's, it's I guess it's kind of like a jubilee day where I it live. Does, yeah, I've seen that. I've been I've been to one of those in Mechanicsburg. They they exist they're just not the, as culturally like um collected. There's I want a, a fox mask in a robe. Then yeah, we should well, open that stand cuz I also um, want those things. There's a uh, a carnival that always comes to the the little town that I live just north of every single year. They um sometime in the summer they come down they they got their unfolding carnival rides that are on the back of a truck that really don't look safe at yep, all and yep. they've got their their stands where you can do the ring toss and buy uh cotton candy and but i can't buy ramen at them or and, then, Katsu and then or they set off the fireworks at some point and i'm in my house and i just start hearing bangs and i'm like what the heck what's going on <laughs> And I'm at my house, not at the festival. Of course, I never go to those. Are you kidding? <laughs> we'll have an inside. I would have to summer. one leave my house, two be around other people, but three the food. Uh, there is a there there is a, a summer festival. A county fairs. We have. They're just not. They're not as. I mean, maybe Surrey is just translated. Just it means something basic in the way that we say county fair. So speaking of fried it means chicken, festival. There, there you go. But it sounds exotic. It sounds cool. But we have those. They're like yeah, they're just called country fairs. There's a uh, up north in Center County. Way up north. There's the there's the Center County Fair yeah. every year mm-hmm. in August, I think. And um, we used to go up there quite a lot before the pandemic um, and visit my my in laws up in that direction. And at that fair, they have a stand that sells fried chicken on a stick. That sounds good. And it's literally just like two gigantic chicken breasts on a stick, battered and deep fried. And I swear to you, it is the best thing I have ever eaten. <laughs> sounds like I get a oh, yeah. like at the Ren Fair. It's heavenly. Okay, we're getting, no, we're getting distracted. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get back on. to Christmas go. time. <laughs> Um, I didn't get too many facts on this, but it came up in a couple places is the Christmas boot, which is a very European thing. I feel like that, like I sometimes learned about that in school, but that's not really an American Christmas I don't, tradition. I don't, I don't think I know what that is. Haven't you, didn't you ever do when you were in school that you like left your shoes out for a Christmas thing and like, it's yeah, like, oh, the little elves like, put candy in them or something. Stockings for Dutch people. Yeah. I guess we, it, I think it, it, evolved, it, it, it involved, it evolved more for us for stockings. I guess I, like, yeah, the legend came of, from uh, shoes. St. Nicholas is that he would leave dimes in, in the kid's shoes or yeah. something like so, that. So like that was the thing that popped up a couple places, but it didn't seem as big as like the, the cakes of the KFC. Speaking um, of dimes, apparently John D. Rockefeller in his old age got advice from some, a, a PR person because everybody hated him because he was a, Friggin' oil baron, yeah. a um, capitalist, and so in order to make his image better, he would go around and he would he would give little kids dimes as like presents. And you know, a dime could buy an awful lot back then. Could. Except in today's money, that's about eighty-seven cents. Money's weird. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? Screw billionaires. 
Speaking of the Germans, to get back on track, um, from what I was reading, Beethoven. Beethoven. Again, that's me faking it. I didn't write that down. Uh, Beethoven's Ode to Joy is supposedly very popular around this time of year. Uh, choir mm-hmm. sing it in German all over the country. It's sold famous. It's just called Daiku because it's the ninth symphony. And it's what is it? Dai is um, nine Daichi. in Japanese. Uh, and supposedly, I, I I did not find a thing to back this up because I'm like, I want some information on this. It was a, it was possibly first sung in Japan by German prisoners of war in World War One. And my question was, what are German prisoners doing in Japan? And my only guess is that they had a holding somewhere in the South Pacific and got taken from there because why the heck else would they be almost as far as they could get from Germany as prisoners? Yeah, I don't know enough about World War One. Yeah, I don't know enough about World War One in the Pacific Theater or World War One, if you would even call it that. All, the, the main thing I but know I was about... I just very confused why it's like, why are there German prisoners in Japan yeah. the, very the, far away? The main thing I know about World War One is World War One is why World War Two happened. <laughs> Yeah, but they were at like... odds, and then they were buds. It's like why it's like Italy was on team cool guys, and then they joined team bad guys, and they were team lame guy. In the early part of the uh, the twentieth century, I believe Germany, pre World War II, was acting as military advisor to Japan and China. I could. I think that. they were actually paying them for like a consultancy on mm-hmm. building a modern military. They would have been part of it. I know, at least from my reading on the Russo-Japanese War around that same time period, uh, Japan's really tight with Great Britain. There's a lot of like British officers on their boats during that war. Um, just sort of like, like you said, advising and just sort of generally taking note of what's going on, which is why I continue to be very confused why <laughs> reading about that war, and it's just like it happens before World War One and World War Two, but it's both, like, it's stuff that, all the nations would learn in both those wars like a decade before either of them happened and it's just like you guys didn't learn anything by this even the japanese didn't learn it and it was their own war um uh there's an important person we have not talked about when it comes to christmas yet the emperor no oh. oddly not referenced at all <laughs> santa Claus. yes santa Curazu or santa san uh santa Curazu is in full um uh, one thing I was just like, I wonder how he kind of came over. And one information factoid I found, which I hope is true because I thought it was funny, is that Japan doesn't really have any fireplaces or many fireplaces. So some children just supposedly just think of him like a magical ghost. He just appears in the house to mm-hmm. give them a gift. Um, and much like we've talked about a lot, their gift-giving holiday is more in is for New Year's more than it is Christmas. So, like, mm. a kid will maybe get a gift from her parents, but it's not like, it's Christmas, Nintendo 64! Like, it's not this, like, <laughs> sea of boxes. Um, I saw a good one today think that about Christmas. Uh, Santa could slip under doors by turning into a liquid like the T-1000. A li- I thought you were going to say paper. <laughs> like, gooey Santa. San- Santa Claus in the thousand-year door. So, this was, this I have taken just wholesale from a website because it's, like, I, I don't think I could summarize this well. Okay. So this is a thing about Santa showing up the first time he shows up in Japan and maybe also why he was like generally accepted as a symbol for Christmas stuff and just in general. Coca-Cola. Um, you'd think. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the first appearance of Santa at a Japanese Christmas celebration was in 1875 when a Santa dressed as a samurai appeared at the Harajo School from Ginza. What? So, I don't know. Not a store, surprisingly. One I of the reasons... The- Oops, sorry. 
You go, Ben. I love the way that's phrased. When a Santa dressed as a samurai. Like a man dressed as a Santa <laughs> dressed as a samurai. It's Santa dressed it, as it, a samurai. It implies that he first dressed up at Santa Claus and then went, yeah. oh, got to put on my samurai armor. <laughs> or he I was, it was an a statue. Us, I read a Santa as a statue. That's not, that's not stated in the text, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. That would imply that they already knew what a Santa was to make him a samurai, <laughs> hire a Santa Rai. He goes to give the children's presents. He reaches into behind his back to reach in his bag. Oh no! It's just a katana. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, one of the reasons Japan may have adopted Santa with such open arms may be his similarity to a Japanese god, Hote H O T E I Ben. I've got more, but I, I need to. I'm not familiar with him. Okay, but... I'll keep reading. Hotai is one of the seven lucky gods and is always depicted with a cheerful grin and round belly like Santa or Buddha. Hmm. I added the for Buddha bit just to be clear. But while Santa's belly is due to all the Christmas cookies he eats, Hotai's belly is large due to his immense soul overflowing with love for mankind. And this is where I'm like, I just need to take this verbatim because it just starts going crazy. Just like Santa, Hotoy also carries a sack. While Santa's bag is filled with presents, Hotoy's bag is more mysterious. Some legends claim it is filled with his clothing. Some say a rice plant. Others say it is filled with all the woes of the world. And yet others say it is filled with toys and gifts for children he encounters on his travels. Both wear red, but Hotoy wears this color uh, as it offers magical protection against diseases and demons. How true any of that is, I don't know, but it was too wonderfully strange to not talk about. That is, that's a lot. That is a lot. I don't intend to go into a lot. I just thought it was just, it could be this thing, or this thing, or the woes of all mankind, <laughs> or gifts. Uh -huh. That's... I, f I, f I feel your struggle from the Halloween episode because when it, when you're looking up Kitsune, it's like for a hundred years they were this in this region. Simultaneously and also 500 years later, they were this in this region. <laughs> I found no... I didn't admittedly Google Hotoy at all, but I did not find any other mention of him in any of the other Christmas research mm -hmm. I did. So this might have just been this one person drawing conclusions. I just, and like, I sure, find I can see it, but also it was just like... Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I doubt it. I feel like, I mean, I don't know how much more in touch with the gods Japan was. I, I just love then, this. In the 1800s. This, I, whatever. this idea that there's like imagery. Like somebody made a painting and was like, this is Hotoy. And he has a bag. And it just spread around. And the little kids were like, what's in his bag? And their parents were like. A rice plant. It's a, it's, uh, it's a rice plant. And then in another region, Daddy, what's in his bag? The suffering of all mankind. What's in his... Also gifts for you. Are we suffering, <laughs> so, Dad? So I did a little real-time research because I it, I was never familiar with it as Hote. But what I'm seeing is that the... So if you look up Buddha statues in, in Japan and Asia in general, Buddha was not fat. Um, most Buddhas are like a slim guy with the the particular kind of hair that's like dotted. I, yeah. If you look up like one of the Buddha statues, but, um, there's one Hote, in my neighborhood. Hote looks exactly like every like fat Buddha statue I've ever seen. Hmm. And the first thing I saw was he's one of the seven gods of luck, like you said, but he's also called the laughing Buddha. 
Well, there you go. Does he come from China? Because like it feels very like one of the seven luck gods feels very like what little I know of Chinese religion. In yes, the way that Japan cribbed a lot of notes and then paid attention to some and threw away others and got traditionally he is based on a Chinese monk called Putai, who uh, became Putai. to be regarded as as a bodhisattva, uh, like a future Buddha, mm. and so he, uh, yeah, he got mythological status. Well, there you go. Whether that's collected, you know, connected to it, I don't know. Um, I want to go into one tiny little bonus round um, because uh, it has not been released yet. But our our next episode of Shonen Jumping the Gun is for Dogs Red, which is yeah. about um, ice hockey in Japan. So I'm like, the way they talk about it, it seemed like there was a lot more history than I was expecting. So I wanted to go look into it, and I didn't get a lot. But for for special for Cold Time and for Dogs Red episode coming out soon. Um, I learned about ice hockey in Japan. Ice hockey was brought to Japan in the 1920s by, can you guess who? What nation brought ice hockey to Japan? Wayne Gretzky. Russia. No. Nope. And nope. Mexico. No. Canada? Nope. Us? Nope. <laughs> Australia. Nope. Kenya. You're dancing around it. Nope. India. India? Nope. China? No. <laughs> You're missing a big one, you dinguses. I said Russia. No. England? Yes. <laughs> the English. They don't I, play hockey. That's why I was surprised. <laughs> they don't play it well. But this is why I continued to go like Japan. Japan and England were bros, but also like England or Japan and France. Like I want to learn more about the Japan-French connection. Of them being like French being the first weebs and Japan having the thing where they get really excited about going to Paris and then they go there and it's a shithole and they're like, they get mind broken. Well, there's an episode um, on that at yeah, some point in the future. future. Episode. Japan and the French. The OG the weebs. Japan French connection sounds like a movie that has an amazing drift race. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, And stars uh, Rene, what's his name? Dupree. Oh. No. I forget. You know, you know the, the guy. He's. Um, I don't know who you mean, but I don't know. Who you mean. The professional. Oh, Leon? Yeah. Okay. Um, But it comes over then, like with the Christmas stuff, Japan is opening, modernizing. They're buds with Great Britain. Don't this is one of the sports anymore. that comes in from it, I'm sure, with a bunch of other sports. I'd love to learn a bunch. Maybe that's, I'll do an episode on sports and we'll cover sports manga. Sports. Sports. Da 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 da. Um, very popular in northern Japan because it's cold and they have a lot of ice cold snow time. Weird. Duh. <laughs> um, they started their own ice hockey federation in 1929. So it's again like all this stuff that is happening before the war that just feels like we never get to see it as Westerners. Why don't we see any Japanese people in the NHL? Well, they may not be good at it. They also <laughs> took part in the ice hockey. World Championships in 1930 as the first Asian country to do so, and they got stomped zero to three by England. Oh, that'll do it. Uh, they also took place in the 1936 Olympics for ice hockey with the zero two, uh, and at least from uh, my last little factoid that I found very interesting, and they had a picture uh, connected to it. Supposedly, from what I was reading, uh, that time where they were at the Olympics is the first instance of a goalie wearing a mask. That they time won I wore a mask at the Olympics. 1936 Olympics. A Taiji Hanma used a baseball catcher's mask to protect his glasses. Nice. As he was the oh no, you know what? I remember 
seeing women's ice hockey, the Japanese women's ice hockey team in the Winter Olympics. That was one thing I saw when I was trying to poke around for information of like on a Reddit post of somebody talking about like Japanese women's hot ice hockey being a big thing. And I'm like, sure. I was trying to look for more like origin points because, again, yeah. I find it I think for like I feel like this episode is a major shower of that of like I find Western stuff coming in Japan such an interesting thing to delve into in the way that it again much like they had with Chinese series, like what sticks around and what doesn't, how do the things that stick around get warped? Like it's such a, it's familiar, but it's also different. Mm -hmm. And I just find that endlessly fascinating. And the way that sports that we don't think about Japan playing that they have been playing for literally what, almost a, a, a just about a hundred years. And when you don't like, you don't think about that with ice hockey, but they've been playing it for almost a hundred years. So clearly it's a part of it. We, it's not like, this isn't sumo or karate or soccer or whatever. Baseball. baseball. Again, also, I think maybe that's sports episode. Baseball. Definitely <laughs> will be. I'll, I'll reread. You got to have wah, and we'll talk about baseball. <laughs> but yes, this is this has been Kermit's facts about Christmas in Japan. My KFC, J, facts. <laughs> AJ. Machine. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Um, and it's Christmas time. Yay. Have a merry, merry, I guess it'd just be, yeah, because Just Mary, let Ben Yeah, do going merry. So you'd just be merry. Merry Christmas. Here's me trying to butcher merry more. And it's like, wait a minute. No, I already know that's how they say it because of One Piece. <laughs> <sighs> So we've actually we've we've got some some pretty good uh, engagement there on our Discord. Um, we got a a good group of people who've been we've been That's chatting with. Um, we've been having a lot of fun. Um, so thanks to all them. That said, we've actually gotten some suggestions for topics. What? And specifically, Nani. Go. We got a question. That oh question. It's usually is, what people ask. People usually ask questions. <laughs> I ask a statement. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> we got a question from Last of the Red Rose, friend of the show. Yeah. You're to think about maybe not a friend, I don't know. Well, not she has she hasn't been on the show. I don't oh. know if we can define it that way. But she's our friend. Friend of the show, not friend <laughs> on the show. Right. Anyway, she was asking how we like to consume our manga and i thought you know we could talk a little bit about just sort of our consumption of anime and manga in a more general sense as well um so for example i read manga primarily at my computer on my computer screen on a website be that viz or or something else um which was a huge problem Considering that Viz was like, no, we're going all in on phone apps now. <laughs> Even though there's certain stuff you can only read on their website. Yeah. But, you know, I'm probably going to try reading more on um, a tablet. 
coming up pretty soon. It's real good. I'm literally, because I read my docs on it, you can't see me. I mean, you can see me, and so can Ben because we have our videos, but the, the listener cannot see me. I'm currently cradling the lab, the tablet that I got off the back of a truck, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, <laughs> that I have read all of the manga since I got it on, and I literally can't look back for the most part. So... Uh, and hopefully my son doesn't hear this while I'm editing this episode in the other room. Um, we got him a new iPad for Ooh. Christmas because his is, it's just not quite up to snuff at this point and he needs to use it for like school and stuff like that. So we got him a new one. The old one, the one he's currently using isn't broken. It's just slower and, and like it glitches out sometimes and stuff like that. So I'm going to take it. I'm going to, you know, reset everything and I think I'm going to try, you know, reading reading manga with it. Um, I'm going to make a concerted effort to get away from my computer and go sit somewhere or lay in bed or whatever and read. And I think the first thing I'm going to do that with is the next series we're covering on heroin addiction, Ooh. which is another typical fantasy romance, which I didn't start yet at the time of this recording. <laughs> Did you, Brad, did you, have you always read manga on your computer? I know this has come up in the past where, like, Ben and I grew up with this more and you're coming to this later. So, like, have your habits changed or is that how you've always generally, outside of, like, yeah. books, which we will get into? Yeah, because, like, I mean, I, I, I haven't read actual books in a long time. Like, you know, sat down, open a book, a physical book, and, and read. Um and I, you know, I, I read, but it's mostly, you know, internet articles and stuff like that. And so I, I just always read at my computer and I never was really into reading manga like way back when. And when I really got into manga a couple of years ago, I was already well established at like, I sit in front of the computer and read. Digital so, age also was already kind of here yeah. for it. So I still have this thing where like, I like the idea of. Having physical manga, I've bought every volume of Freerin that's come out, even though I don't read it <laughs> like that. But I want to oh. support that, and I want to have the physical copies of it. Um, but yeah, I just I don't read it like that. So interesting. Yeah, um, like I said, we've we've talked about that. You kind of came in later. That you already got to enter during like the reasonable digital age. Yeah, and. I know mine has changed since then because I know growing up, it's like if there was any on the Internet, it was a lot harder to get at. It wasn't well formatted. It wasn't consistent. So it's like you had to get it in book form and you couldn't order online as much. So it's like I would just go to the bookstore when I was in like high school and just sit and read like every so often. If I had a weekend that I just wasn't doing anything, I would just I'd get my mom to take me to the Barnes and Nobles and drop me off. And I would just sit and read manga for ages and then mm -hmm. go home. After I had read a couple volumes because I didn't want to buy it all. I was like, oh, I want to try things. Or like, I'm just making my way through the series. And then very rarely would I like buy something. The library was also like a really good helper in that. But you had to get lucky mm. that they had both the series you wanted and all the numbers. Uh, to this day, I will still curse beside, despite never reading it. I will always curse Roroni Kenshin because <laughs> all of it was at the library from one to wherever the heck it ended. And I had no interest in reading it. This was before. <laughs> this was many years before I would learn that the creator was a pedophile. So that's only strengthened my conviction in doing a big hatui on it. But like, you, there was a certain thing of 
you read what came your way that you could get your hands on. Yeah. And how that is less of a thing now. Um, here, before I get into kind of where I got currently, Ben, how about you talk about your where where you've read manga in the past and how you get at it now, medium wise? Yeah. So the the first, <clears throat> I'd say probably the first manga I think I ever read was Akira, and oh, that's I read quite a start. it in, um, I believe the paperback, left to right. Um, the dark horse edition. So like I, I started out reading paper comics. I was also like, I also read a lot of American comics. Um, and if my, if you had to ask me my preferred way, my preferred way is honestly like the, the magazines. Like I, I like the, I like the books. That's probably my secondary favorite, but Tankaban. the, I don't like how small they are. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like the magazine page size. Um, you know, that's something I've I, had, I haven't really thought about that before. They shrink them down to go in the tank don't they? Yeah. yeah. That huh. is also, I'm sure I've had that thought before, but now, <laughs> that thought is also now just hitting me. It's, it's gotta be smaller. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I prefer the magazine. Now that like that hardly ever happens anymore because I, I, when I moved, I had to throw out so much manga and I didn't throw it out. I wound up giving it all away, but I was going to have to throw it out. I couldn't find anybody who wanted it because that was the other hard time I was having was like, if I want to keep the paper books, even if I wanted to like buy them, read them and then give them away, the, it, it's so hard to turn them over these yeah. days. I could take them to a to a bookstore, but then like I have to go down to the bookstore and sell them, and like you'll get pennies. Never, like it's just not <laughs> worth it. I never do that. Like it, it's just the the inconvenience of loading it into a box, loading it into my car, tr- walking across town with it. Like I never do it. So I prefer paper books for everything. I prefer magazines for comics, but digital is the way it it's been going, just for convenience and. Yeah, I prefer it on a tablet myself, though I've been using my phone too much. Yeah, you Just said you've convenience. been use, uh, reading the manga <laughs> on your phone, right? I've been reading the manga. I've been reading pretty much every manga or um, non-American comic I've read in the last year has been on my phone. Well, hmm. what? The the manhwa you guys have been reading a lot of the time, I think, from what you've described, is like one big column that you scroll down. It's literally yeah. made to be scrolled on a screen on usually a phone or a touch device. Yeah. Well, and the nice thing with the manhwa being made for the phone is that my old man eyes, they make everything nice and big. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's not a magazine page that got shrunk like the manga is. <laughs> um. And they have on some of the apps, um, like I know Comixology has this. I think Shonen Jump even has it, where you could do like panel by panel. Really? Oh, like, weird. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, about like that. you could click in and swipe the panels. How does that? Jump. Because jump they does always not have that. So many of the mangaka do the like they play around with the panel layout. I feel How like would that's you a even... Comixology thing. I don't think I. I feel like that's a feature I would know about on Jump. I don't think that's on Jump, unless it's on like a really to, specific series. I'll double check after this but i that i've experimented with that and again it seems like a kind of thing where like if the artist drew the comic with that in mind works out really nice feels like a movie yeah 
if they don't, <laughs> it screws it up all the time. So, yeah, I, I prefer paper, but digital is just, it's too convenient. It's I only have so easy. much shelf space. <laughs> and, yeah. You, well, I can't even imagine, like, reading the amount Brad reads. <laughs> In physical in form, oh my yeah. gosh, you'd be you'd be like a hoarder just to virtually have it to physically have it in your home all at once. I, there's no possible you way have, yeah. that you could read. But like it that's like that. the that's the thing. Like I would not have been able to read through all of One Piece reasonably without having space for it. And like I've learned, like I do not like physical media because when I'm unless something really spoke to me. When I'm done with it, I want it out of my house to make room for other things. Mm-hmm. I keep a very like tight belt on that. And being able to go digital has, like, helped that wonderfully. So now it's, like, it is a delicacy when I get a book. Yeah. Like, I bought and will will be keeping, like, the, what is it? Until I Love Myself, which was, like, a non-binary manga that I heard about and Mm. enjoyed. And it's, like, that is one that I physically have. And, like, I will be slowly working my way through all of Beastars because I think I bought the first one of that. And it's, like, this is something that is important to me. And there's a part of almost the ritual of having it as a physical book and not just like, oh, I'm reading One Piece and I'm keeping up with Sakamoto days and this and that. It's like I would never buy a book of any of those that are just very like oh, I'm moving through them and I'm enjoying them. But like it's it's interesting you say that because um, as some people might know, I get these guys manga for Christmas yes. um, last year. There was specific reasons for the stuff I got. This year was more. This year was more fun and less homework. Generally, not homework, except for the one for Ben. Um, but there's there's something about um, going to the store and looking at all of the series. Oh, I and, love doing that. And going, oh, would would he like this one? Oh, would would he like that one? And like, I love. And then the holding that about what they think or what they're like. Hey, look, check out this one. Right. Like, I want another person that does that in my local bookstore. But it's it, it, you know, having done that very recently, it's it's interesting to think about. Like, because when you're saying like, oh, it's a it's a very special thing. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, even the act of me choosing it for you was a special thing. You know? Yeah, more than recommending, I'm giving you a physical representation of check this out or I think you would like this right. but also like like I said like and I think I don't know I'm assuming I'm a weirdo because I'm a weirdo in most things how much I was <laughs> like I don't like having extra crap in my house so it's like if I'm going to buy this in physical form it means I can't get it digitally and that I want enough to keep it around because I used to be able to sell things on Amazon and I can't do that anymore they had a big crackdown mm. and it's like I'd have to go to a bookstore like Ben said and it's like I'd get so little money that it would just not be worth my time so I just don't do that so it's like if I'm going to buy it it's going to be one that I need to stick around or that like I want it bad enough I freaking bought uh, Dragon Ball Superhero I have that on Blu-ray yeah and well, because I couldn't get it digitally at the time, and I really wanted to watch it, and I liked it enough that I said, "I'll keep it." This isn't going to be like the most popular thing I've ever said, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way to start a sentence. I know. Yeah. But like, I think a lot of the people buying, not so much books, but like the the graphic novels and the. Even the people still buying magazine comics these days, like they forget that it was a format that was meant to be disposable. Mm. The, the, I like nowadays, if you're going to buy a magazine style, uh, Iron Man or something, 
you're somebody who's going to bag and board it. The people who would buy them and throw them out don't buy them anymore. They just get it digitally. Yeah, right. that's me. But there's and, people and my I know thing, that's very collectory. Yeah. So my thing was, if if it's not something I want to collect, I do have things I collect. Like I have manga all around me right now. Um, and there are things I want to have forever. And I don't, if I want to have it forever, I don't trust that it's going to be on the app forever. Yep. And so I will buy a physical copy, but this is the unpopular thing I'm going to say is most manga, most comics for most people are disposable. You're not going to read it again. Most of it. Yep. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. But a lot of people it, like collect it. Like I don't know. I'm very by and large, and I'm sure I collect some things that I'm not thinking about. But like I think just because of my hate of physical objects, a lot of the time, like I'm very just like anti collector for collecting sake, and not mm-hmm. for like you are buying this book to experience something. This is not just a piece of paper. You can keep it. Then I have all of Ice Shield Twenty One. I had to move it off my shelf to make room. It lives in my closet now, but it's like that is a series that was important to me that I refound as an adult that I finished, and that's one that I'm not parting with because it was one that I continually re- reference back to, and I and I know one day I will reread it because I've already done that once. Yeah, and I reference well, and too all much, that- not too. All that needs to happen is your like Viz goes out of business, or they lose the distribution rights, or the Japanese company goes you out of business. You can't even get it. They're the not printing it. Else. It's not on the app. It's not accessible yeah. right now, even though it's one of the best sports manga ever made. Like, so I'm not, I'm not saying the things I don't buy are disposable. I'm saying they're disposable to me. Yep. So if you if you want to have it forever, you you have to get a physical copy. Even the license isn't enough anymore. Like even if you bought it on. Amazon people have seen stuff going out of their digital catalogs when the when the North American distribution rights go away and this is why piracy is so important I would not unless there was literally no other way to get something and I wanted it with all of my heart and soul which is not going to happen I will never buy digital manga not even not even like just because then it's a digital thing that I can't get rid of it will always be on my shelf forever and there's something I, about that that drives me my OCD up the effing wall. I, I mean, I don't buy digital. I don't like rent di- movies digitally. I rent them because it means they will leave me at some point. I don't. I don't, e- that. I don't I want my shelf that. clean. It's, I'll yeah. rent something digitally. I mean, I pay the subscriptions, but I don't count on having. Like, I pay the subscription for Shonen Jump. I also bought the Akane Banashi graphic novels as they came out. Mm. Um, I'm still buying. Get them. that. What? But, I really like that too. I should probably get those. Let's do a. Let's do probably an anime at some point too. That and Sakamoto Days are both like really Better. good jump ones that. Should but I have anime. not purchased Mashal. Oh, of um, my My Hero Academia. There's too much of it. There's too much money. I, there's not enough space. Like again, like yeah, I would have to buy. I need to probably just buy a whole other shelf that just lives down here in the studio, and that's where my manga lives. Brad, as soon as we have the episode for the homework you got me last year that we keep putting off (laughs) because I have to do a lot of work for it and I keep doing things like buying a house and having performances, that stuff's getting... I will probably put up, like, literally, I will send it to Europe. I do not give an F. I'll put up on the thing, like, hey, do you want this? It's yours. Otherwise, it's going somewhere. (laughs) I'd burn it if I could, but I don't have a fire pit that I'm allowed to have at my house. I'll take it. (laughs) But just, like, it will be... (laughs) 
it will be removed from my home when the job is done. Those are very large. They are very large. Even if they weren't not large, it's like I just I have this burning thing of like I do not want things in the house that are not important to me. Yeah. But again, I am also a very weird, intense feeling person. So there, that has kind of led me more into the digital, where it's just like it is here. It's passing through the thing that the thing that it resides is as an experience and a memory in my head of me taking it in and that's mm-hmm. more important to me than the physical object unless it's something that is like very special and very personal well and for the stuff i'm going to throw away even if if it was a difference between buying a three dollar subscription to the shonen jump app or a three dollar magazine i'm probably still going to go with the shonen jump app because if i needed to use it again it's there like sometimes i'll write a blog post and i'll take screen caps mm-hmm. of the page like you also have the, the backlog yeah so there's just I, I don't even know how a magazine could compete anymore which is unfortunate because that is my preferred way it's but. i mean it competes by there are still people who want to hold paper in their hand and sit in a chair is jump even physically released anymore I think it's just not physical release in the West because it was for a while. I I actually had Shonen Jump for a while when I was in like high school. Yeah, they had Monthly Jump. Um, It was neat because that was where I started reading One Piece again years later. And I'm like, all of a sudden we're in Impel Down. I'm like, I don't know what's happening right now. I was watching the four kids stuff as a kid. And oh gosh, what's happening? (laughs) Wait, there's blood in this? (laughs) Um, One thing I will say that's for me, I don't think either of you guys... I'll say suffer with this problem is that I like the jump app too much because it auto syncs between my phone and my tablet. Mm. Also the ability that I can download a bunch of chapters at once and then read, like I would take my tablet, I would download a bunch of one piece and then I would take my chair and go wandering into the woods and plop my chair down and read where there was no connection for like ages. And it was like, this is nice. It's like, it's so easy. But the thing is, it's like the few times I have tried to read on like, the decks of manga or other websites it's just never i just want it to be like i'm on here give me one page of it at a time i click on the side or i swipe and then here's the next one no weird link clicking i don't want to have to scroll at all yeah. like i'm too uh i'm too bourgeois now to ha- to want to deal with anything else but the problem of that that i keep running into more and more is that like i am so jump specific because i'm using just that app and that's what I'm keeping up with. And my because it is so easy, my diet and my locus of focus is limited because it's like, well, that's the easiest spot to get at it in the format that I'm the most used to that causes me the least amount of friction. It's why I, as much as I love it, I have not caught up on Golden Kamui and Dandadan because they're on the website, but they're not on the app because they're technically T plus or whatever the heck rating they are. <laughs> and even though they have a freaking setting that you can see things you purchase that are that rating, they don't have the general subscription stuff. And because I used, I used to read on my, my laptop before I got the um, tablet. And now it's like never looking back all tablet, all phone, no computer. <laughs> Cause children don't know how to use websites. <laughs> I guess like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand why. Because if there's already a setting for it that you'd have to, like, make me go to the website and I, like, you've already confirmed my age. It's because of Apple. They have restrictions for apps in the App Store and it's weird and... and, You don't like it. Yeah. It's not even... No, I was going to say... Because this is like a Google tablet. Talking about the App Store, though, that's a serious problem that, like, the the App Stores are going to have to, like, chill out or people are going to stop using 
these apps because Amazon of, of all the giant companies in the world that can't strike a deal with these people, Comixology and Kindle, you cannot buy books or comics on the apps. What? Because Google and Apple also sell books. You're competing directly with their app store. So you have to go on Amazon's website, buy the book, and then it'll load into your app. That's dumb. Yeah. That sounds like Monopoly garbage. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of I don't I don't know how long people are gonna put up with it because you're like, okay, yeah, maybe Viz Media is not gonna find the way around it, but Amazon will. Can you not buy things directly on the Viz app? Again, I'm never going to buy digital manga, but I like know. I know it's constantly like you could buy this. Maybe it was back when I used to read on the website and I'm thinking of that. Because now I don't it'll, even have to see any of that. They might show it, but it'll give you a link to the website. I think you're right. Yeah. Um there was there's an another offshoot of this that I wanted to to talk about a little bit. Um but I was wondering before we get into that. Ben, you mentioned that you're surrounded by manga right now. Do, yeah. Before we record, do you just like make a nest for yourself to get in the mood? I have so let's see, what do I have around me? I have Akane Banashi, Orochi. I have a bunch of old words about book stuff I'm not working on anymore. I have the the Goosebumps book, uh, Night of the Living Dummy. Um Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Court of Thorns and Roses. Uh, <laughs> Things that are not in manga. But, yeah, no, I I don't know why I have them around my desk. Sometimes I read during <laughs> meetings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Afterwards, we should get all of the copies, all of my volumes of iShield 21, because there's like 40 of them, and see if we can build a little fort around <laughs> me and take a picture of that and put it on the Discord. <laughs> Truly be surrounded by manga. There, So there's a there's a, an alternate route for this conversation, which is how we consume anime which i think is an interesting question right now because as far as i'm aware all of us have severely cut back on the amount of anime that we consume is that safe to say i mean cut back from when well for me um you know just a few years ago i was watching anime quite a lot and now uh besides when Kermit and I watch anime together, uh, there's only like one or two shows that I watch and not even sometimes not e- a, a whole season will go by without me watching one like on my own. I'm bad at watching television by myself outside of very rare situations. So literally me watching anime with you is more than I was watching pre anime club mm. for the yeah. most part. Yeah, I mean, I watch I watch Spy Family and Freerin. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. I'm, I, I mean, I guess I would watch Vinland Saga again, but there's not a lot of yeah. anime out right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there's no there's not a lot sorry, of anime out right now that I'm like super into. To be honest, yeah. I, I the, in a way, like I think when I was in college, I started to get a little bored with anime and then a lot of time went by and enough anime piled up that was that was my thing that I could watch through it and then we've kind of done that 
(laughs) (laughs) And now we're back to like almost everything you said is a news item, not to undermine it, but like I would never watch. Oh, Ben, same as someone like I like when I think about it, it's like I love anime, but and there's like a bunch of great stuff that I'm just adoring from top to bottom. But when I really think about it, it's like my specialty has swapped to manga because I also Mm -hmm. came into a lot of this of like. I have a large background in the history and just general consumption of like Western cartoons and the way that all interacted. Like that's what a lot of my knowledge base is or was. And now it's like, I have the manga speciality. And I also noticed that when I talk to anime people that I am like out of touch where I'm just like, (laughs) I want to talk about all these new babies and jump and things that you guys don't know about yet. And not in a, like I'm cooler than you guys, but just like that's, where I'm interested in now. I don't know all the weird things you guys are watching. I don't really care. And it does, you know, like, how do you meet people to talk about manga and not anime? Because I do feel like that's a different set of humans, kind of, sort of, that they're, you that's go, where your specialty is. You go on our Discord. Yeah, Discord <laughs> and the Flop Discord. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I think the thing I have with anime now is like, and this is sort of weird to say but like i don't have the attention span for it which is a little bit ridiculous because my attention span is just fine i can sit and do the same thing like read manga for hours at a time but for whatever reason the commitment of 23 minutes of of anime unless it's you're not doing anything right because when you're reading you are act like that's why it's like i'm bad at sitting and not yeah, because you're, you're turning the page, to, you know, you're yeah. clicking to, to go to the next page, whatever You're it is. taking in, the, the art is not coming out, you have to get at the art right. and the words. They don't come at so, you. You cannot passively gonna, take in manga. I'm going to say another thing that people are probably not going to super like. <laughs> Jesus, <Jeez, laughs> Ben, nothing you said has been that actually spicy. Like, you're coming. I know, but. You're swinging the big bat around like, and going, ah, reasonable takes about things. <laughs> I feel like people get like. Well, do the people who listen to our podcast and talk to us get uppity about this thing? I'm going to say no. No, no. Our audience is cool. Anime fans. But there are people. There are people out there who are not cool, and they also (laughs) watch anime. Correct. There's a lot of them. And what I was going to say is, let's be real. Most like most stories that anime are based on are not written particularly well in terms of pacing, like. I still like my hero, but I'm never going to watch the anime from start to finish. No. Like I'm never going to watch every episode no. of that anime because so much of that, it's not filler according to the technical definition of the term, but it is irrelevant and didn't we, I don't care about it. Didn't we decide and, on the term for that? <laughs> fluff, wasn't it? What? Fluff. It's fluffy. Yeah. And like when Akane Banashi comes out, I will watch that anime. Because I feel like Akane Banashi is tight. Like that story, just every chapter is is good. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely a lot of mid-chapters of My Hero Academia that are going to turn into hours and hours and hours, and hours of it's mid-episodes. That's why when, he, but that, when Brad said it's coming out in next year, I said, oh boy, homework. <laughs> like I will probably try to watch One Piece Nakama Kai Whatever that's called. One pace. There it is. One pace. (laughs) But like, because it needs to be trimmed. Like, well, that's 
using one piece <laughs> in his example is no, like I, that's I, cheating stream have, have you watched an episode of one piece like wh- those no, no, earlier the one episodes piece anime needs trimming one the, piece in general you can't trim that much i remember the anime is garbage when it comes to pacing when when i was before i got married um i was watching one piece like a lot because i was you know way behind so i would watch lots of episodes and, and the, there you would you would start an episode and it would be a recap of the last episode yep. for like six minutes yep and then there would be the like was like two to three minutes then so. there would be like 10 minutes of actual episode and then like an ending sort of thing for another six which would be it's recapped like, the next one right. i got real good at knocking through fishman island you could you can skip more than skip half so of it watch on like 2x speed or one five just but, I, do i see something i've already seen before skip 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 but there's exceptions like like freer and spy family those were Freer-in. those were manga mm. where every chapter i liked yeah and and they're doing interesting things with the anime that make it enjoyable to watch. But a lot of the shonen stuff, a lot of the isekai stuff, it's a by the numbers reproduction of the manga, yeah. which I've already read, which was not paced well, but it was okay because I can read fast. It doesn't you can skim. like what We've takes 23. Yeah, yeah. Well, what takes 23 minutes, it takes sometimes 20 minutes to animate 10 pages of a manga. And no matter how closely you're reading, it doesn't take 20 minutes to read 10 pages. Right. Unless you're, like, examining every line. Yeah, I feel like some people read the manga by, like, looking very closely at the pictures. And I I think some of, like, the Otome Isekai fans read the manga like this, too. It's like they look very closely at it because they're there for the art more than the story in a lot of cases. And so they're examining these these pretty pictures, right? (laughs) I think it sounds so childish. Well, I mean... Uh, says the one who constantly is like, wow, this art style looks really cool. It looks so, like a children's book. I think there's something to be said about like when you have an animation of that scene that like they're animating it and it's this drawn out way and it spends a lot of time in here. And it's like, well, that's how the, the mangaka expected you to read it, you know? So, I don't know. Yeah. There's been plenty of manga I've seen where the mangaka is really hoping I'm not looking that close. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and a lot of them feature on Shonen Jumping the Gun. I could, I bet I could fit a Dairy Queen back there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, everybody should come on our Discord and tell us. Yeah, tell us how they like to. How do you read take manga. in your manga and anime? How has it changed over time? Has that changed your diet of what you were reading by virtue of how you changed how you were reading it? Is there some form of con- consuming manga that we don't even know about? When you buy manga physically and read it, do you have to physically consume it afterwards? <laughs> what anime have I not given a chance that I'm totally missing out on? Oh no no! Don't open that can of worms. What series do you do like it, enough that me. you would eat them after you were done with it if you had to? I will give any recommendation of an anime ten minutes. That's pretty generous. Uh, Up or down, Ben? You know what? You know what? Can I can get you to watch all of in ten minutes? Watch Roboco and me. It's a fever dream. You can probably watch literally all of it in ten minutes. No, that's a lie. That's like four episodes. They're three minutes long. There, it's okay. You'll know. You'll know in those episodes if you run for it or not. Don't start in the middle like we did. Start in the middle like we did. 
Okay, I'll check it out. We we yeah, literally I'll I start every anime night. I go, I need my bumper Roboco. Do you need Japanese snacks, candy, drinks, or all kinds of toys and merch shipped to your door? Yes! Because you can't buy them in normal stores. Sure do. Then you'll love Sugoi Mart. I do. Because all of those things I just said. Woo! Well, it's too late to order for Christmas presents, uh, but it's the perfect place to spend any of the money you got for Christmas. You can spend. You can give somebody the gift of that they will get it next year for Christmas. That's true. Yeah, and I owe you a box. So here, I've got a thing that oh. we got in a box. I'm gonna I'm gonna consume this live here. This is what is it? Um, Extremely sour grapefruit juice spray. Amphetamines. Um, I don't know why this is a thing. Did you just say spread? Spray. Spray. I thought you were going to say some of them are goo based. I like the goo based things. It says open. I think we talked about the goo lemonade on the podcast, did we not? Or is that just us regaling bands? I think we. Yeah, I think we talked about that. the The jelly drink. The jelly drink, which is like I don't understand. Why that's a thing that it exists? Was so good, it's, I love it. Becoming, I just drank applesauce out of a pouch. Full no, that's, that's old. But that's, that's applesauce. That's I'm so go. I'm such a young person on the go. I too drink my yogurt from a tube, <laughs> just like grandma. <laughs> oh my god, I can't get this open. This is <laughs> should have. This is such good. Should have prepped your gimmick, brother. I should have. I didn't realize it. Segoy Mart takes tamper-proofing their products very. I'm going to spend this time reading another chapter of One Piece. I'm going to show Ben here. It's a. Let it's me a take spray. my sugar. Let me take my that? crazy drugs inhaler. I do, yeah. Okay. It says extremely sour. So, Extreme. so here we go. Ready? <laughs> Brad like seems un- listening. Audience, Brad seems unmoved by this. He's not contorting his face like he ate a lemon. It just tastes like grape. <laughs> it's, it's grape just, spray. It's just normal sour grapes. This is the sour grapes. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I was. Well, wow, was... we should cut this then. This is not good advertising. It tastes Maybe. really good. Does it taste like? It does it taste like candy grapes or actual grapes? Like candy grapes. Okay, because yeah. a lot of the things we've said before, Japanese snacks have some secret tech that some of their fruit flavored things actually taste like yeah. the fruit, but they're a different like, um, like consistency. Like they're not like they don't have the same mouth feel as the actual fruit. So it's just a very interesting thing to be like, oh, this tablet thing tastes like I'm eating a strawberry. Hit me up with some of this. It just tastes good. <laughs> Oops. My knee. My I was expecting knee. a painful experience, but Segoy Martin me valued me so much. Honestly, I... It I, made I, me feel better by calling it extreme so when I could deal with it. It would have been great if I was just no selling that the I whole know, time. I, it was, I was the really most a, sour I was thing tempted, ever. I was tempted to sell it a little bit because I felt it a little bit. It's, I'm feeling a, I'm feeling it a little bit. It's not. This is this is a shoot. It's just, of it's course, good, though. you know, I'm also the kind of person who okay. can eat like the the warheads and like not feel anything. My face is scrunching a little bit, guys. But it's good though. It's real good. I'm happy I have this. Anyways, that's the kind of amazing <laughs> oh my gosh, stuff to edit that, that you can get at Segoy Mart. And uh, all of our listeners can click the link in the description or use code APR15 at checkout and get 15% off your first order. So that's a really good way to spend your Christmas money. So uh, go to segoymart.com 
to spend your money. You'll probably be glad you did. You'll be glad, I assure you. I feel like I need to take a spritz of this before we do my... I I need this and then my bump of RoboCop. Okay. This mysterious final segment. Guess what it's time for? Manga Book Club. Indeed. I feel like we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. What have we been talking about the last segment then? What have we even been doing? I don't know. But, so for today's Manga Book Club, I've got something special for you guys. Oh. We're going to talk about Kill Blue. What? What? Yeah. What a... What a momentous occasion. Yeah. Ben, are you reading Kill Blue? Have we not talked about Kill Blue yet? <laughs> I lo- I looked through it. Double check? I sure hope we didn't because... <laughs> I don't think we have. You're right. <laughs> I, I looked at the list and uh, I don't think we have. It snuck up on me Did as a I long-running series. Ben doesn't even know what it is. So you can tell him about it. I can talk about this. There's at least two-thirds of us that can talk about this. So... If everybody is aware, there has been a trend recently of uh, secret agent slash assassins series. You know, we've got the Spy Family. We've got Sakamoto Days. um, I know there's others. I think those are the two pillars that brought it on at least as much as I am aware. And Kill Blue is continuing that trend in a new and exciting way. Uh, Kill Blue is about a uh, hitman... um, I guess it's Tokyo, right? And yeah, he's in Japan. He goes out on a job. He's in his like late thirties, I think. Literally one of um, the best hitmen ever. Like you right. see an opening little segment, and he is just. But he's getting old. Gonzo, good. He's he's starting to have issues. Like uh, sometimes his back hurts and stuff like that. He's de- <laughs> he's definitely getting older, but he's still the best. Um, anyway, so he goes on a job, and he gets stung by this bee at this job that he's doing in some kind of laboratory. And what he finds is that he wakes up in the body of a middle schooler, which is his own body. He's shrunk. Well, he's de-aged. De-aged, He's not just small. Somehow they were engineering some kind of anti-aging thing at this lab and using bees for it for some reason. Spider-Man got bit by a spider. (laughs) He got bit bit by a bee on his bottom, on the bee's bottom. Yeah. And so he goes back to his agency and they're like, well, we got to figure this out. We'll go back to this lab and figure this out. But they don't want to let them know that there was, you know, something going on at that lab. And so they're trying to get information. And what they find is that the, the chairman of the company that runs this lab has a daughter who goes to a middle school nearby and so they send him to the middle school to try and get close to the daughter so that they can figure out the antidote. And hijinks ensue. But better than you think. <laughs> we were literally just, side note, that may or may not be cut. 
Brad, did you already pick this from before I talked about it in the car ride? I did. Okay, because that's wild. Because I woke up this morning and said, I should catch up on Kill Blue completely unprompted. <laughs> La- yesterday, I actually picked it. <laughs> okay, that's incredible. I must have felt some sort of psychic reverberation. And then you started talking about it. And I was literally like, this morning, I woke up and was just like, I caught up on Dogs Red. I should cut up on Kill Blue. I read the red manga. Now I'm going to read the blue manga. <laughs> and I was reminded about how much I love it. So constantly you would think, and we've seen it in manga and anime before, of like, oh, old man and kid body date other kid. They never actually fully process how messed up that is. Well, let me let me clear something up here. Um, there are a lot of regression isekai or uh, transfer isekai where the person dies. And in both of those cases, they end up as a child in this other world or back in time. But they have their adult brain. They have their adult brain. And yet they still end up falling in love with another child or teenager or whatever. But still, it's like you have someone whose brain is 30 something years old falling in love with a 12, 14, 16 year old. And sometimes they try and like make it okay by going, oh, because they're in this body and it's actually like the younger brain that the older brain's trying to fit into. They're they're actually regressing, and so it's like they have the mentality of this younger person. And sure, fine. Uh, it's one of those things that yeah. I just yep. move past. Yep. But like, if you stop and think about it, it's really messed up. It's still really icky, even if it visually on the surface looks okay. But in Kill Blue, it's oh my god, it's so good because it's so refreshing. the The guy is still an old man on the inside, and by old man, I mean like me. And he's always going on about how he is not into these teenage girls, even when they are, like, obviously into him. And they're they're constantly throwing that curveball of, like, is this going to be it? This girl, she's, like, she's into him, and she's throwing herself at him. And he's just, like... No. And he constantly rejects it, and it's great and refreshing. But that's also not the crux of what makes the manga great. That's just, like, it's really refreshing to have something that is so... It's a side note. (laughs) It's just such a... It's it's kind of frustrating that something that should be so rote is so refreshing to us, where it's like, wow, it keeps going up to the line of problematicness we've seen in so many other manga, and then it just doesn't do the problematic things, and it talks about how, like, yeah, that'd be really problematic to do, and I'm like, wow, this feels like I'm being listened to. This is great. Yeah. But it is consistently, um, it is definitely, it's more grounded than Sakamoto Days, but it is still very wacky. Oh, yeah, I didn't like, really the get bounds, to the... The bounds of reality have been, with each like new little arc, are getting more and more like wild. There's like, other hitmen are trying, are starting to show up called like unicorns or something. Well, and... the unicorns are not necessarily hitmen. Oh, really? Okay. Unicorn just describes someone who's so much of an outlier. Yeah. I didn't get this far in the summary. Oh, we should make this clear. Oh, sorry. So he is trying to get close to this daughter of the chairman of this chemical science firm or yeah. whatever. And the this chairman all of a sudden comes out and says... Whoever can win a challenge will get to be the fiance of my daughter and they'll be the ones who get to take over this lab. And so him, the, this assassin guy and his, um, 
his agency are like, well, we have to be close to her so that we can get in that position and get this information. But then all these other assassins from around that are also inexplicably teenagers. Some of them are. Um, Some of them are just small. Like, it's just yeah. it's strange. They come in and, like, they're challenging him to to try and get this position because they or they're the people paying them want to get this power and information that comes with this, you know, corporation. Um, so he's constantly having to deal with all these wacky situations. These that weirdo suitors. Uh, but also on top of all this, he just freaking loves school. He's like, I never got to do this. I was yeah. always growing up as like a hitman. And it's like really, there's something really wholesome and magical about him just genuinely loving school and learning about stuff and his yeah. love for that. And that's one of the reasons why he's like, I need to protect the school because I love this so and, much. And there's an element of like puzzleness to it in that like he needs to not let people know that he's an assassin hitman. Um while also taking care of all these situations. Yeah. So he's constantly trying to set things up where it's like there's plausible deniability yeah. of That's his admittedly amazing breaking abilities. down a little bit now that like everything's been getting more insane and yeah. absurd, but like there's definitely still there's a lot of that in the earlier parts and still a little bit now and then depending but on But then going you on. also have these in between periods where they're just sort of hanging out and having fun. Like he he he's part of the home ec class. I love and he, that. It turns out he really likes doing this stuff. And he really likes just, like you said, just school in general. Again, like, refresh, like, weirdly refreshing of, like, oh, he's in the home ec class, and they make a little comment about, like, oh, boys aren't usually here, but, like, they just kind of roll with it. And it's just really, again, it's really great and wholesome, and it feels very yeah. progressive for jump stuff. And specifically, there's a, a, at one point, this guy shows up, um, a unicorn. He's not an assassin. He's just another person who goes to school but he's like the most athletically gifted person ever what if you he crushed play- what if you smushed three uh sports manga right. heroes from the end of their journey into one boy and he challenges um our protagonist just because he wants a challenge and like so there's a whole thing with that after they're done with the challenge he basically gets put in his place in like talking down to the home ec class and he immediately then like falls in love with like the leader girl of the home ec class i've been loving that that it's, is such a like fun little i like doesn't he call her capo the mob guy the hitman guy yeah it's really fun saying i'm curious if that's in the original if they use some like yakuza terms that he uses a bunch of like italian mobster speak when he's talking because he's a weird old 30 year old 40 year old gangster it's so funny though because like this this kid this athletic kid like is so bad at communication and like understanding other people but then like being around this girl he like starts learning things and she like likes him for how much he is paying attention to her and it's just it's there's just so many wholesome really, moments like, in fun it. time yeah. and like moments where you're like i'm nervous about this and then they just handle things just like exceptionally well and you're like oh yes of course kill blue keep doing it yeah um but no i love it it's entertaining it's funny it's been getting more and more absurd um but also, I guess one of the things we talked about a little bit is like him having to get close to the girl but they make like he talks about like I'm like a freaking 40, 30 year old. Like it'd be really weird if I was dating a teenage girl, even if we're both in teenage bodies. So, but like everybody keeps all the boys keep trying to get with her. So 
in a way, he kind of acts as her beard, sort of, kind of. Well, but he's also protecting her. Like, he, and and he hasn't quite figured this out yet at the point where we're at, but he, like, <clears throat> he does like her from a sort of fatherly perspective. Correct, because I think he has a daughter yeah. he doesn't get to see. Who's, I think, about like the a, same from age. From an ex-wife. Yeah. And it actually, it might be more of, like, an uncle kind of thing, but... It's it's specific more, relationship it's aside. Par- it's parental and not right. romantic. Yeah, um, I read like two chapters of this. Doesn't he have an ex-wife he still talks to? Who's yes. the? Yeah. Is she is she like a love interest? Like, would they get back together if he became an adult again? Potentially, I, but I mean, they were already divorced pre him getting yeah. smaller because he effed up his life. So like, and like, she hasn't really been in it very much. She, she but like, shows it sounds like he's changing. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I also like. Kill Blue keeps getting beyond my expectations for how I think a story and specifically a manga are going to handle things. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's doing fairly well. It's, like, one of the ones from, I think, this year that started that's, like, yeah. consistently in the first half of the manga, which is, like, I'm never... No one ever talks about Kill Blue being in danger. It's just, like, it's a solid workhorse of a manga. And I think it's just, like, I caught up on I'm like, I left it behind for a while, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I come up, like... I for- I forgot how much I love this. Like this just works really well. I think yeah. it's just because I needed to let it build up a little bit. But um, so why yeah. is it called Kill Blue? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think that's I mean, been brought up. Kill yet. because he's a hitman. Yeah. And Blue because you put you put Blue in the name of stuff. Maybe there's like a pun. What's that? With the, like, the new one. What that you were watching? Blue something or blue eyed or whatever. Blue eye samurai. Yeah. Well, yeah, but that's about a foreigner. And then there's Blue Lock. There's Blue Lock, yeah. but I don't know why Blue Lock that's, is called Blue Lock. There's a reason Blue Lock's called Blue Lock. I think it's, I think, I think Blue Kill is like a pun in Japanese that just didn't translate oh, well because maybe they all thought this was going to be a dumb garbage series and then it wasn't. Because part of the problem is I do I looked this up while you're giving this summary. Me too. Because <laughs> I could not remember it at all, and I did read two or three chapters of it. Yeah, but that was like five months ago or more. Yeah, I I forgot it. T- I totally forgot it existed and I never in a million years would have guessed that that manga was called kill blue. Mm. Cause what are we, we're in the thirties now, right? The time of recording. Uh, yes. Well, that's what I was just reading. Like it's doing, it's doing well. It's popular. I'm glad the teens like it for how progressive it is. Um, I guess like more, more recent spoiler, but I just want to talk about it cause I literally just read it this morning, but, uh, what? Kiro Ao. Kiro, oh, yeah, Kiru and then Ao is blue. I wonder if that's a pun. I'm sure it's a pun. I'll ask the people that know things later, <laughs> so, unless Ben is also those people. May, maybe that's... I wouldn't know the pun. Ao is in, like, ouch. Well, Ao, well no, Ao is blue. <laughs> well, right, but maybe that's the pun. Kill ouch? Sounds like... That doesn't make any... Why would, they're dead. Why are they, they saying say ouch? I think Itsu is, like, ouch in Japan. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a recent chapter right, where... Go on our Discord and tell us why it's called Kill Blue. Yeah, I'll go ask Maxie B. Um, there was a recent chapter where he had to have his parents come in for like a student... Um, what is it? Student Parent-teacher parent conference. Parent-teacher conference. Thank you. I kept saying student. I'm like, that's not right. And it's like, he doesn't have parents, you know, because he's freaking 40s, but he's a child now. So his handler comes in. And his like, handler, who is like... In his early 20s or something yeah, like, like that? somewhere in his 20s. Yeah. And they set up, like, the the 
the hitman kid's like, oh man, he's gonna like. I, he also he doesn't know who's gonna show up. Like he's it's like, oh, my parents are coming, but he doesn't know what they're gonna look like. And then it's his handler oh, showing up. So to oh. specifically, there is a a bar that is run by. Um, I don't think the the person is trans, but they're just a. I think they're just a cross dresser. It's always super confusing with Japanese um, media when people are cross dressers yeah. and people are trans. It's I'm pretty very, sure I don't know enough about their particular culture with it. I'm pretty sure they're just a cross. But they like they Mama, refer to her yeah, as Mama-san. they they refer aunt or something like that. Okay. Um, so I maybe forgot it is, about that. It's been a while. Maybe they are trans. Point is confusing, but yes, they they look like a woman. They dress very well like a woman, and they that person gets brought up very close to that, and so you think, oh, they're going to get this person to come in. Oh, that must have been before like I started mother. reading again because I took a break. Yeah. I completely forgot about that, but you're right. But in but so he's sitting there waiting because he doesn't know who's going to show up. Yeah, and it's his handler shows up in drag, but he like, damn though he looking, <laughs> she looking, he looking good. Um, but I like like I like that the the joke comes from like, oh wow, I didn't think he'd look that like he's taking this seriously, yeah. and they make a point of like if he looked like they draw a little like doodle of it. It's like if he came in looking like this, where it would have been a lot more like clownish and jokey, probably how Jump would have uh, done it before. The the, the caricature that. Um... A lot of conservatives think trans men look like yeah, trans women. But like sorry. that it would have been more of like he's not taking this seriously and how I think I've seen in other things them handling like yeah. it's cross dressing, ha 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 ha. But Did I just it like have I could, to be a mother? Did he have to cross dress? I think he wanted to. I think that's part of the like <laughs> bit. It's just because he's like he's playing up the like motherly role through all of the, the scene where he's doing that. It's only like well, one chapter, I think but if he had just gone as himself he would have looked too young to have a 14-year-old or whatever he is. Yeah, but like now that he's all like dressed up and he's enjoying playing the part and talking to their parents and stuff, like the the comedy is not like, wow, there's a man in drag, tee-hee, but it's like this guy both doing like a genuinely really good job with it and then like taking to it really well is like the comedy of the situation. But then that And also of- going overboard as like, the mother the mother yeah. yeah like where it's like okay you're drawing too much attention cool it back a little yeah. bit but also the very specific thing of like hey you guys you the reader and also the hitman guy were expecting something kind of upsetting a little bit and kind of old school and it's like nope we subverted your expectations it's very like uh like a bullfighter like i'm like they set something up I'm like ooh, this doesn't look this hasn't happened yet but you're leading me into something that doesn't look good and they go ah and they pull the sheet away and everything's okay and it's like okay and then they go yeah you thought this was going to be bad but then it wasn't which is what they keep doing with the romance between yeah or and the, other things the potential romance yeah. i should say especially because the uh the girl keeps doing this thing where she's like wait do i do I actually like him? No, it can't be. No, he's just helping me out. We're fake boyfriend and girlfriend. Wait, maybe I do. And then it just like goes back to him and he's just like, I love school. Yeah. <laughs> it just, so I don't how know. How many it's people refreshing. in the community aggressively ship them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, it's just, it's very, yeah. it's very fun. Like a bunch of weirdos keep showing up consistently. I think one of the first like, assassins that shows up that got as a kid has like 
he's constantly sucking on like a pacifier and he's yeah. just constantly everybody just cons about and he's just the worst and he people just, constantly talk about how much of a freaking weirdo he is he wants to be treated like a baby i like that was something i remembered recently because they made like a small bet and it's like if i would you have to read me a picture book and i've never read something so like innocuous and also foul in a manga before <laughs> where it was just like this is a nothing event but also Ugh, this is so kinky fetishy and I, in this context I'm like Ugh, gross but they never they never take it too far they in, never go over the line yeah. it's never it's just but it's just the right amount of like this dude's ugh, he just gives me bad vibes but that's the point I will say in defense of anybody who might be shipping them if you ignore the fact that he is a 40 year old man in the body of a 14 year old I can I can see that being like a wholesome nice relationship. In the same way that you can self that we can self insert as 30 somethings into these things with teenagers right. because the, none of these people are real. But yeah. if you're like full tilt do or die about it, then we have a problem. But if you're just like yeah, yeah I could dig it. But I think it's important to note in that aspect that part of the reason why all of these girls around him, I guess at this point it's only like two or three of them but the reason that they like him is because he's mature and generally acts like a grown man when they're surrounded by these teenage boys yeah, I, I mean sometimes it, it goes him out because he does speak like an old man and multiple people have called him on it's like why are you talking like that yeah. which i'm sure would read even more in an anime than just reading it so yeah i can't agree with anybody who's shipping them but like I don't not understand it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, I can't believe we have not talked about Kill. I guess it, like, it snuck up on me because it was a series that started. I'm like, I like it. Like, it's just it is the consistent workhorse of Jump. And sometimes that's what you need. It's consistently interesting. It's consistently funny. It is consistently refreshingly progressive in ways that I'm constantly yeah. surprised by. And it keeps that doing I hope spreads to more things it's got the variety that i like yes, they're not fresh they're not just doing you know villain of the week over and over again <laughs> um there's there's they're always doing something new there's a different angle to go down um something that they did a while back that i'm still wondering about is there's a point where they're all hanging out and he starts reverting back into his 40 Oh my gosh, body. yeah, that was a freak out. I feel like an editor came in and said, don't do that. And yeah. I was very happy for that because I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to deal with this. This and is stressful. They, this is too stressful. They just go back and it hasn't happened again. And you're like, what was that? Because yeah. <laughs> there's no like, oh, it's because this happened. It's just Random. it happens for 10 minutes and then he goes back and you're like, huh? Kill Blue kind <laughs> of exists in gag manga world where stuff can just pop off and it's like, yeah. It's fine. On the full moon, he becomes a 40-year-old man. I actually would the have been about that. The man. <laughs> I would have been about the fact that it would have been like, oh, during full moons. Yeah, but there's literally not... They, they give no reason for nope. it, so... Um, but yeah, the, the tension in that scene. I guess I don't know. Ben, you should definitely, you should definitely catch back up. Catch back up with it. Literally, just caught back mostly up with it. We'll be catching the rest of the way tomorrow. And like, was like, wow, I forgot how much it. Like, very serendipitous. I read that when we were going to be talking about it here. If you like Sakamoto days, this is a no-brainer. Oh, this is a no-brainer. If you like Spy Family, hmm. mostly no-brainer. It does have, yeah, it's almost uh, sort of at an in-between spot. Between Sakamoto Days and Spy Family. I think it's found its legs, because I think in the beginning it could be very, like, it is the tip of the, the, 
if if Spy Family and Sakamoto Days are the handle, Kill Blue is the tip of the spear of we're going to see more Hitman. We've already seen, I feel like we've already seen at least in one or two of the new ones that, like Kag- mm. Kagurabachi is that. Kagurabachi's Hitman. Sort even of. if it's swords instead sort of, of guns. Yeah. Like, we're going to see more of it. It's, this is the new trend. It's got sort of a, that, that feel. It's got a Reservoir Dogs um, matrixy. Kagurabachi is a is a hybrid shonen battler. Yep, because it's part <laughs> supernatural swords and part hitman crime family, yeah. and we're going to see more of them when we're done getting all these sports series that don't do well. I know there's a bunch of people on the Shonen Flop Discord that are that are reading Kill Blue, but I don't know how widely known it is I don't think beyond it is. that. I don't think anybody knows besides our little jump enclaves, because it's not like... Most things need manga to hit big time, but like this is not like... A oh my gosh spy family shout it from the rooftops but it's like kill blue it's, it's that again workhorse it's like it's good stuff it's yeah. good stuff enjoy reading it every week more people should know about it I'm sure the anime will be a great when it happens but it's definitely formed into its own little unique thing that I enjoy checking out it does feel like something that will get an anime yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it it's gonna be a hit it's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> One day we'll get to kill Blue on Shonen Jumping Again, or maybe we will, maybe we can't cover any of these. Uh, or maybe we'll wait for ages until it gets the anime and do it. Then yeah. be timely about it. Have to not read it for a couple months and then go back and read the first chapter. <laughs> Pretend. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. There's different forms of those episodes. So okay, whatever. Cut all that. Why? I'm not it's patter. It's nothing. Go in the Discord and let us know if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, get on the Discord. I know that we have a bunch of listeners who haven't talked to us yet. We're we want to we, we want to chat with we you. We see your consistent numbers every time we put an episode out. That that forty squad, yeah, give or take. And you know what? If if you want to help us out, engagement is a way to boost us on the algorithm. If you go on the the YouTube channel and put comments on the videos, you know, thumbs up, that kind of thing, that boosts engagement. Um, you know, other than that, I don't know. <laughs> you got to tell your come friends. Come to the Discord and literally suggest topics, and if we like them, we'll talk about them. Just like this very episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite frankly, well, we have to. Quite frankly, we have to groom our our topic list, yeah. <laughs> which we haven't done in a while. There's but, a lot of homework ones that I have to. That I'm like, we'll do this one, but I have yeah. to do research for it. So getting topics from the community, I I, I love that it's because nice. like it's a different perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's it's us three here. We're just bouncing off each other, and we've been talking about this kind of stuff for three years now. Yeah, we're entering year <laughs> so, three, are we not? Uh, I, well, we're in year three now. Yeah. So wow. So we gotta oh, we gotta wow. get some some outside input, you know, and we have we're we're but we want more. We're very happy with our with our beginnings of uh, of our community. We're, we're very happy with that. So, but we want to grow. Kill anyway, grow. <laughs> read Kill Blue. Read Kill Blue. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that time I got reincarnated in the same world as an anime podcaster. All our social media links like Discord, Patreon, and those other ones are on our website, animepodcasterreincarnation.com. You can also find articles on various topics as well as new manga reviews. We'd love to hear from you 
on any of those social platforms, or you can leave a comment right on the site. You can even just send us an email to isekai-sensei-sama at gmail.com. We're always looking for feedback, and we'd love to chat with you about the topics we cover. If you prefer to listen to our podcast in high-quality stereo, be sure to check out our YouTube channel, where we simul-release all our episodes. We also release that version early on Patreon, so if you just can't wait, you can join us there to listen as soon as the episode is done cooking. In addition to getting the episodes early, all tiers get to vote on the next series we cover on heroin addiction, as well as getting a shout-out. We've got all kinds of perks, but we also want to know what Patreon perks you want. We are not above being bribed for content. And of course, we want to thank all of our patrons. At our reincarnator tier, we got Cake Dwarf. I'm going to I'm going to do this again and probably mangle this. Was soll ich auf Dusch sagen? Was that a message to Cake Dwarf? Yeah. Oh, what'd you just say, hopefully? Is that, the, is that for Cake Dwarf to figure out? Well, if Cake Dwarf wants to come and uh, let us know. No, the Discord. If, if, I act, if he could understand what I just said. <laughs> he can tell everybody what it, what it was. Uh, and also, on our, in our reincarnated tier, we've got Moon, who is a friend of the show and a guest. Uh, done uh, two episodes with us on heroin addiction. Um, and she is a moderator on the r slash Otome Isekai subreddit. So you can check that out and uh, come on the Discord and talk to her. At our merchant here, we've got Kill Hour. And last and definitely not least, at our commoner tier, we've got our friend Rena. So thanks to all our patrons. And before we go, we want to thank Sagoy Mart again. Uh, don't forget that you can get 15% off your first order by using the link in the description or by using the code APR15 at checkout. Kermit, you want to plug anything? Uh, you can check me out on this very feed on Shonen Jumping the Gun. Uh, as stated earlier, I believe after this episode, we are putting out an episode on Dogs Red, which is a series about uh, ice hockey in Japan from the guy who did Golden Kamui. It's a good time, so yeah. go check that out. Ben, what do you got going on with words about books? Uh, a bunch of Christmas stuff. That I'm pleased to say is underperforming. <laughs> Halloween was definitely a peak, and all of my co-hosts' Christmas picks were terrible. So you can listen to them if you want to spite me. But. Hey, I th- I thought the uh, the last episode, um, oh crap, I forgot the name of the book already. But um, later on, we'll conspire. later on we'll conspire the spy thriller clean romance Christmas story it makes it clean. They don't have sex. Oh, sex doesn't exist in this universe. Actually, or they for fun? kiss to they kiss to orgasm. Hot, but no sex. Yeah, we're we're reasonably certain they don't have genitals. Ah, oh, Ken yeah. and Barbie. Yeah, yeah, that's um, exactly what I said. But I was listening to that episode, and I was just the whole time I was going, "This is a Ryan Reynolds movie. Mm-hmm. I, how is this not a Ryan Reynolds movie?" Like not that. Yet. <laughs> I'll I'll. See if I can send him an email, get a Mint Mobile sponsorship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Is that it? That's it. Yeah. I mean, we have other stuff, but like, it's all just 
end of the year wrap up type <laughs> content. So it's not a good jumping in point if you've never listened before. Are you guys doing your uh, New Year's drunk one? Uh, we did a, a drunk Christmas one. Um, I guess the year end episode we did we did drink, and we forgot to record the part where we buy each other gifts. <laughs> So we had to get back on the mic really hastily and, and edit that in. Nice. Well, uh, is that is that coming out tomorrow? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So that that should be out by the time you listen to this. So so go go listen to that. Um, uh, maybe listen to have... another episode first so you understand words about books first. <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening, and happy non-denominational winter gift-giving holiday, everyone. This is episode 26 of That Time I Got Reincarnated in, in the, the Same, same world, world. Same World. As an anime podcaster, where we explore the hard to clean. No, I'm going to do hard this again. Hard to clean? No, hold on. <laughs> ben, you screwed me up. I appreciated it. <laughs> because I know it sounds like you're doing it at the same time on your side. I know, it's but it's like oh, five I thought you were waiting. It, it, I I felt it. I just thought he was just chiming in. Yeah, yeah I guess it is the lag. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. Sorry about that. I I I was about seven down, and I was like. This is probably you too did many, too many. You're, we should only be covering the next season. <laughs> That's already too many. I don't even cover everything. These are just ones that I know the names yeah, of. Yeah, you know a lot. <laughs> Freaking glutton. <laughs> okay, enough distractions. So, speaking of uh, distractions and World War II, did you know that Mussolini regularly ate... A big bowl of thinly sliced garlic covered in lime and olive oil. Why? No idea. What? That was. I mean, his, that's just his a big dish. setup for an Italian food joke. He, that he's I'm gonna not go gonna take make. an il duce. Da 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 da. It's il duce, but you know it doesn't. Anyways, I learned that yesterday. So, <laughs> thanks. So I mentioned it on my anime podcast. <laughs>